0: All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Here's what I'm going to say. This podcast was killer. I think that it's really, really, really good work by all the people included. We were joined by Connor F. and Luke W. If that's not enough for you to listen to this whole entire thing, then I don't know what it is because those guys are studs and you're going to love what they have to say. Connor brought some great content. He had a segment uh, that he called Panic or Patience for the bottom tier of the league. We're going to be working through the whole entire uh, standings as of right now and towards the middle of the season, getting to gauge whether or not teams should be in panic mode or patience mode. And then we also went into the top tier teams and we said, hey, are are you guys contenders or are you pretenders? So listen up, listen for your name, listen for your segment. If you want to listen, uh, I would recommend you listen to the whole thing. But if you want to find your window, that's fine. We talk about everybody. We also went into trade discussions and we even talked about some favorable matchups. I really think that you guys are going to enjoy that. And then we also got a segment from Luke Dub that I thought was super, super good, not statistical based and not. Uh, not heavy fantasy football content by any means. It's actually zero out of ten on fantasy football content, but it's ten out of ten on content relevant to the Fight Club, uh, the Fight Club League, because it is in rel- it is in reference to the Jiggy outfit. We got to sit down and have a, a one-on-one discussion with Luke as to what were the specs when we're looking at weight. What can this thing fit? How much? Uh, like we said, how much does it weigh? How much does the head weigh? Uh, we got stories that we had in the suit. We got breathability. What do the shoes look like? What does it look like to strap on the head? What should I be wearing underneath it? So I think these are all very, very important questions for those bottom tier leagues or bottom tier teams that maybe we mentioned in the panic or patience segment of the pod. I think that you guys are really, really going to enjoy it. Stick around for the very, very end of the pod as we break down what it's like to be in the jiggy outfit. Love you guys. See ya.
1: do not
2: talk about about fighting
0: just eating around frozen pizza and stuff yeah you know
1: just your typical classic connor fulkerson meals
0: oh yeah that's great that's great nothing fancy okay okay so that's what you're that's what you're eating around the house um so we're testing right now. Actually, I've been recording for a moment. So we've been talking about. It. Hey, you can't do that. You didn't tell me. <laughs> You're right. It's uh, it's undisclosed. You're on a recorded line. Um, let's see. I can, I can. I thought
1: this is a secure line.
0: This is this, this is a secure line. I don't want to lose your track. We're recording a podcast here. My name is Benny P, and I'm here with no one, uh, no better than. <laughs> I'm here with the. I'm here with. <laughs> That's what they call me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm um, here with Connor Fulkerson, the great Connor Fulkerson. Connor, how you doing today?
1: I'm doing great. I've been out locked in my room all day because I'm working from home. Going a yeah. little stir crazy. Um, <laughs> so hopefully, I uh, keep some coherent thoughts on this podcast and you can. Kind of see where I'm coming from because I'm a little worried, you know, just being alone all day that uh, my thoughts won't make any sense.
0: Yeah, are you? Do you think that? Uh, do you think that you would like to go to space and spend forty nine years traveling to see your father and him to turn? Well, I, I don't want to ruin any. Don't want to spoil anything.
1: <laughs> Spoiler alert! If you haven't seen that Astra.
0: Wait, what um, movie? What movie are you talking about? <laughs> uh,
1: I've never seen it. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what you're uh, talking about. No, I can. Not do it. Um, I uh, even though I don't even really talk to people I work with that much,
0: just a little bit of human interaction during the day is, is needed. It's key. It's it's yeah, crucial. It's key. And so there's nobody yeah, that works. No, uh, no. So everyone leaves home, and you're left to work alone. No, I guess like is Ross on a pretty consistent schedule? So is Q? They've
1: all got their day jobs.
0: Nobody comes They've home for all lunch.
1: No, uh, Q is home yesterday for lunch but that was only because he was traveling to georgetown then he had to come back here before he went to you know uh, nicholasville road but i mean usually we all work a little bit too far from the house to, you know just come home and eat like yeah. you
0: yeah i exactly yeah. work
1: in the shadow of your house
0: yeah uh so it's actually funny i got relocated again um oh. for a week they can just take me and drag me kind of like an app on your phone and just relocate me wherever they want, just point you to some direction, and I'm going to work there. So I've been in at Tate's Creek for a week, and my break is That's perfect. Yeah, it's perfect. I time yeah. it. I can I time the light right. I can get home in under six minutes almost guaranteed. I'm able to get in there, get my food going, get my show going. I'm able to get in about – a show and two-thirds of New Girl, and then I'm out the door. Mm-hmm. I'm out the door, so nice. it's pretty it's pretty. Uh, one perfect. thing I
1: did want to ask you about, I mean, it's kind of a hot topic. What do you think about China and the NBA?
0: Yeah, um, China and the NBA. So I have been watching some of the preseason stuff in the NBA. It's actually been uh, a very... It's actually brought me back to Twitter because I've been missing out on highlights from Twitter and now NBA is kind of filing through so I'm able to see all of James Harden's bag tricks and I'm able to see... Yeah, the see... run pass option or the run <laughs> shot option. <laughs> yeah, I voted for the, uh, for the... the There was a step back option or like the Hardaway. The Hardaway. Hard I voted for the Hardaway. Oh, the Hardaway. Yeah, I'm man. a Hardaway guy. But anyways, um, I'll be honest with you. I don't know anything about China in the NBA. Can you enlighten me?
1: No, see, I don't know either. Okay. It's, it's a topic that everyone okay. keeps saying. I I need, I need to learn more about this before I comment. So I've just heard that from everyone, but no one has told me,
0: you know, no. how to feel or what, yeah. what I should think about the NBA. Yeah, in, no, I don't. Uh, I don't but, know about China being involved. I just know that they're playing preseason games, and there's a bunch of teams that I have no idea how to even pronounce their names. So right, I just kind of like that the you know the NFL has no controversy
1: whatsoever, and no. I, that's where I like to stay and watch that. You know, absolutely Very clean game.
0: No, no issues at all. Right, right. It's not like, I mean, in the NBA, at least, you know, it's not like people are getting hurt or anything. The NFL is a very safe place. They've got helmets and pads and all that fun stuff. So, really good organization. Speaking of the NFL, they run a system called Fantasy Football out of it, and a bunch of people play and compete with select players in, a, uh, in, a, in an isolated uh, league that tracks points for each individual player. Gee, um, that sounds fun. Sounds fun. Sounds great. Sounds really entertaining. Boy, howdy! I will tell you guys on the pod, we've got a segment here for you today. Uh, panic or patience versus contender or pretender, and I'm gonna tell you right now, it's some hot topic stuff. We get to go through the bottom tier and the top tier teams here in just a moment. So we're uh, we're really excited to bring it to you. Connor's excited to bring it to you, and we're gonna we're gonna yeah. we're I will say there's no uh, there's no safe place here. The pod will find you. And I right. will kill you. And the, the world, you know, is full of truth and grace. But true. here, we're just going to give you truth. There's no grace right now. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. And With that's honestly. Rankings. Hey, actually, before we get into it, I think that's a that's a good little question. Um, so for the newcomers into the league, do you think that our league could come a, come across as maybe a little crass, maybe a little harsh? Do you think our league could come across that way to maybe some new the newcomers?
1: I think everyone who's new to the league still knows us as people, and they know that we're, you know, we just like to joke. If they yeah. didn't know us as people first, maybe they'd be like, oh, these guys, you know, they take this way too seriously, blah, 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 blah. But, you know, I
0: think everybody that's gets true. that. Um, we all take this way too seriously as a joke. Yeah. And that's
1: what makes it so much fun.
0: That's really a really good way to put it. I will say that there is one part of this. League that none of us have yet to understand, and that's Evan Shacklett. I just honestly can't. Yeah. I don't get. Oh, I I love Evan, and I talk to Evan a lot, but I've yet to truly understand him and gain uh, understanding of what how he perceives things. So for those reasons, whenever he brings the pain, uh, I I don't I can't I can't I can't I can't.
1: Yeah, I mean the fun part is like usually you know you know Evan's very confident about his team.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: And a lot of times you can just brush it off like, oh, you know, he doesn't really believe that. But, I mean, I think his team might actually be good, and that's making this better than it, you know, would be otherwise. Because it's one thing to have a bad team and be 1-4, you know, it all makes sense. You know, that's what's supposed to happen. Right. But when this team is 1-4, it's great because it's like, this team shouldn't be 1-4. And when yeah. Evan should be confident, it's just falling
0: through. Yeah, it's really really good <laughs> stuff. Okay, <laughs> so great. with that being said, let let us dive in to the uh, to the panic or patience. We'll work up to Evan and talk about him briefly. But uh, let's uh, let's work our way up. Connor, do you have the 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 lowest the lowest team on the rankings? And um, yeah, we're just
1: gonna go with sleeper standings
0: to, for our walkthrough here. All right. Um, so we're gonna start with Marcus Perkins. So the game here
1: is. Should he be panicked or should he have patience? What what do you think?
0: I'll let you give your opinion first. Sure, sure. And uh, I think this is a no-brainer. I think this is all out panic mode. I think that if anybody comes uh, to you with a trade for Zach Ertz, you take it. Uh, I tried to offer him a trade today. He didn't want to take it. That's completely... Completely bonkers, all right? You need to be taking every offer you can possibly get to turn your team around and turn your mojo around because this is absolutely insane, all right? You're 0-5. You need to be making moves. Let me tell you, um, it was it was Zach Ertz and I'm going to – it was Zach Ertz and one second. James Conner okay. for Josh Jacobs and – Eh, Larry Fitzgerald. Um <laughs> leaving it's him it's it's close, but it, it what his it response makes more sense was for you
1: since you don't have a tight end.
0: Exactly. What uh what it does do, or what at least I will defend Mark in this aspect is we I, I mentioned it to him, he said it would leave me tight endless. The reason why I can't do it is because the depth between tight end to tight end and Zach being a consistent yeah. guy is so massive, which again is a different topic for a different podcast. But we could talk all day about tight ends. We really could. It's so massive that he can't depart from him. So maybe it's not bonkers for that trade. But there's literally all that I can offer because my team is so junk that I can't flip too many other things. So yeah,
1: I mean, when you're trading between the the eleven team is trading with the twelve team. I mean, how much better can you
2: guys yeah, get down there? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so I'll agree. I think it's a panic. So yeah, what I think
1: is. You know, you always kind of like how Evan was telling himself, I'm only two games out of the playoffs. You know, Mark could have been saying that for each of the first four weeks. You know, I'm only a few (laughs) games out of the playoffs. It still can get going. But after week five, if you still don't have a win, Mm -hmm. your margin for error is zero the rest of the way.
0: Yeah, you you can't lose. Yep.
1: You, yeah, you're, he's going to have to win five or six in a row, and if that doesn't panic you, I don't know what could
0: possibly yes. panic you more than panic having to win button. six in a row. I'm hitting the panic button a hundred times right panic now. Panic button. So it's it's actually interesting. He's going up into a matchup that uh, that is not favored in his direction as most of his projections have been not favored in his direction. If he goes zero and six, he will be the uh, he'll be the second team to go zero and six in the last two years, um, only matched by the likes of. Like love Lutz, so like, love, yeah. Correct. Last year he he really ran it into the ground, and uh, and so Marcus is looking and once to. He the as, did he finished the season Yeah, have one win. Yeah, he two had wins? like one or two. He might have gotten a few towards the end. That's the other thing is we didn't keep track of the loser playoff bracket, so for those reasons we don't know who the real loser is. But the loser of the season was one hundred percent Luke Warford. It wasn't even close, and he started out zero and five, maybe even a, well zero and six as well. So if Marcus if Dang it if mark can't flip this ship around right now he uh, I mean I, I can tell you that I've seen the projections for an and 6 person and it's not in the playoffs yeah yeah so Absolutely. absolute panic mode let's move on to number two uh, let me carry us into this please and I'll let you give your opinion uh, yeah fantasy football God's favorite child um, located in the 11th rankings Uh, I think it creates a bit of a storyline because I am still confident that I am the fantasy football's favorite child. And I will say storylines only come about if there's, there's something worth note. And if I am going to be in the playoffs, I think that's worth note. And I think the fantasy guys are going to make it happen. So for those reasons, uh, being 11 in the standings, I'm not, I'm not feeling great about it. And I guess I ask you, do I, do I, do I panic or do I, do I be patient? Hmm. Uh, I think
1: maybe right at this moment, I might say patience.
0: Hmm.
1: So this I think very moment. Weeks, yeah, for yeah. the past few weeks, you've done you've done your fair share of panicking.
0: Okay. Yeah, right? that's that's dang it.
1: <laughs> you've done your fair share of panicking. We were actually just reminiscing on trades, where I think that you definitely got um, taken advantage of with the Patrick trade. Looking back. Okay. But the okay. Evan trade, that's fair may, maybe not. <laughs> Um, Alvin Kamara has been definitely good, but so has uh, Cooper Cup yeah. and Josh Jacobs. So yep. you know that one looks respectable. And then some trades that you've pulled off—you get on Johnson. I'm thinking that might pan out for you. Tevin Coleman's back from injury;
0: he looks good. So, People are high on Breda too. I think
1: today, as of today, with wins, on Johnson, Tevin Coleman, Josh Jacobs, you're just gonna have to piece together your receivers, and you may have a chance to pull off some wins. And if we're gonna talk about, you know. Your past performance with uh, making runs down the stretch—I—I uh, can't count you out yet, so I'm, I may say yeah. patience on
0: this one. Thank you, appreciate that. That's uh, those are kind words from Connor Ferguson on the Benjamin Pompey organization. I will also uh, agree that I've got to play the patience card. You're right. I've already done my panicking. So right. if there's any moves for panic left, I—I uh, don't know how to. It would, could get any worse. So right. the only option is left to patience. Uh, left to be patient. So yep. we'll do that. I'm moving on to Evan S yeah I think this is the opposite I think in the past few weeks he's been patient saying okay
1: you know I'm going to string some wins together my team's good it's going to happen but it just doesn't happen
0: yeah it just doesn't so I
1: think I think it's full on tilt
0: full on panic
1: for Evan chapter.
0: T-I-L-T tilt Um, tilt he's got got some he's got some (laughs) (laughs) yeah, he uh, he was too patient with Mike Evans, I think. I think he was a little too patient with Mike Evans and I think that he's got so See, many good point pieces. He needs consistency. You know, having players that will
1: blow up, you know, every other week is not going to cut it for him. If right. he wins every other week the rest of the year, he will not make the playoffs. He has to have consistency. <laughs>
0: and that's what he's so going funny. for with Derrick Henry. You know, right. he's got three great right. running backs. Three, three great running backs. Great running backs.
1: Yeah. But his wide receivers are, you know, pretty good.
0: Pretty good. What are your um, thoughts on Michael let me Gallup? Actually
1: look at his roster to remind myself.
0: Yeah, I want to. I want to discuss. Wide receivers
1: are. Michael Gallup. He's got Gallup a lot and... of like not big names, but players that just put up points. You know, like I think Michael Gallup is actually really good.
0: Okay, that's what I was. I was gonna say. I, I think that he is good, and I think that the Dallas offense, the way that it's been funneling this season, uh, allows a lot of passes, and I think that he's he's found some of those outside of Amari Cooper. So
1: Right. Um, but he really doesn't have a number one receiver on his team. I don't, mean, I guess you could don't, say Alshon Jeffrey yeah, is probably the number one receiver. Don't
0: bad talk Lilley. Alshon Jeffrey like that. And don't do that.
1: Emmanuel oh. Sanders might – is probably the number one. Corlin Sutton also looks really good. Yeah. But, like, that's a little scary when you, you know, don't have hardly any number one wide receivers for, your, for their team on your roster. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, as we talked about, his his running backs are going to just have to make up for that with consistency. That's what he needs every week—fifteen points at least from each running back.
0: Consistency, and you can't run into uh, thirty-five point defenses. Um, That's tough. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a it's a I mean, it's a heads up manager move. You can't play Philadelphia in week five. You just can't choose to do that. So he needs to figure out somehow to rig the system to where he he's not in that matchup. It's obviously all managerial fault on that that one scenario. Yeah. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, you got you got to be aware. You have to be aware. But yeah, I love it. I love that Evans one in four right now. I think it's great. I think it's great oh, for our league. Panicking. Yeah, absolutely. He's in panic mode. But see, that's the thing with panic. It usually it it brings forth the idea that I should be moving pieces, trading pieces, like you said, trying to find consistency. And that's the thing is that he's got studs, absolute studs, on his lineup, and trading those away for. I mean. I just don't see you trading Alvin Kamara away, even though you could get the world for him. I don't see you trading David Johnson away, even though you could get the world for him. It's maybe you flip Alvin or David for, like you said, maybe a number one wide receiver spot. But if he's high on Michael Gallup like he is and ridiculously stubborn about the way that he gets confident about people, then he's just not going to do it. He's not going to pull the trigger.
1: Yeah. I mean, his team is built better than it was a few weeks ago, but the fact that he's still one for fourth Gotta be. hard to so. Yep. Absolutely. We can move on to the next
0: one now. I, I can ask you a quick question. Uh, does Evan Shackleton make the yeah. playoffs?
1: No, I do not think so. I think it's tough for anybody in the bottom half to make the playoffs. Because I really do think that the top six to seven teams have really good rosters. So mm. not only do those teams have to pick it up, one of these good teams have to you know slow down. So That's it's gonna true. be. I think it kind of doubles up how difficult it will be to get in the playoffs.
0: That is a great perspective there. We move on to Isaac J. Meisner um, at a two and three, one at one one ahead of the one and four crew. Uh, question for you, Connor. Is he in panic or patience mode? Um it's tough. You know, it's
1: tough. Because he was in a full on panic at 0-3. But now he's wow. ripped off two wins, uh, and he's, you know, one week away from being back to five hundred and you know, on the fringe of the playoffs um you know maybe a a, game, a spot or two out yeah um so that's one reason why you could say you know maybe it's just patience but uh i'm looking at his roster and you know his running backs Eckler. you know every week melvin gordon's gonna get more involved and Eckler will be less involved um uh, matt Breida. you know tevin coleman just came back yeah, so each week you know. think i mean i still think Breida's is good and you can play him for sure but is he you know a running back too i, I we will see um yeah. And then his wide receivers, he needs Devontae Adams to get healthy. He needs him to get healthy and play this week. Because if he loses this week, um, I think it's going to be tough for him to uh, mount some wins in a row um, with this lineup as he goes on. Um, But I think he's done a great job of getting the most he can get out of his team with the injuries he's had. Um, So I'm going to say patience for one one more week. Um, If he loses this week, it may go back to panic. But, uh, Let's see how this week plays out, because anything can happen in one week. Um, and if he turns out 500, he uh, he'll be right there in the the right. playoffs.
0: Right. Um, with Drew Brees on his bench, uh, it, it, it makes me want to say play the patience card a little bit. Uh, see if right. he can sneak a couple wins in here, and then out of, no, out of left field comes Drew Brees, and maybe he can get you some 30-point games down the road. So I, I would agree with that. And you're right about Devontae. And D.J. Adams. Chark's been great. He has been great. Well, that's, I guess, since Mishnu stepped up and started being the quarterback, so. Right. Yeah.
1: I mean, it really is just going to be, can those, you know, running backs that look like they might fall off, if they hang on, I think he's got a decent roster with Devontae Adams, DJ Chark, Julian Edelman. Those are three good receivers. Yeah. And then Breed and Eckler have been good, but will they continue to be good? That's that's your question. And Breeze, like you said, will be back. So, I think he's, mm-hmm. I would be patient for one more week to see how all this pans out with those back, those running backs, maybe going more into a timeshare than what they have been.
0: Yeah, and he's spoken into existence, man. I mean, he's he's seen the 49ers win a whole lot uh, better than a lot of other people could. So, I think yeah. uh, I think Isaac's got some good perspective. And having George Kittle at the tight end position is a is a lock for that spot that has been right really good for him. So that's great, good for Isaac. Yeah. Moving on to our last and final, right two and three team here in panic or patience mode. The question for P. Sweezy is: Is he in panic or patience mode? Uh, I look at his lineup, and I gotta say, uh, it's weird. It's his lineup is actually really weird because it's stocked with all these guys that we know their name, and they usually produce, but yeah.
1: Like, if you had told me, showed me this lineup before the season started, I'd be like, okay, this would probably be the number
0: one team in the league, maybe. Right, right. I, was, I mean, when you've got Gurley,
1: Joe Mixon on the same team, I mean, where were those people drafted?
0: You know, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers, uh, Mixon, Gurley, Robert Woods, and Juju. And Juju. Yes.
1: Like, I mean, they're all, you know, big names. But Juju's underperformed a little bit, but that's, I think, mostly because he doesn't have his quarterback. Um, Mixon isn't been amazing because he's on a horrible offense yeah gurley he's starting to show some signs but he's
0: not the yardage monster that he used to be he's
1: kind of relying on touchdowns a lot and they're not using him in the passing game nearly as much um but chris carson's a a beast yeah so uh, monster. i think he's got good depth there i mean chris carson can be your rb1 and todd Gurley can be a borderline rb1 rb2 and then you just gotta hope that joe mixon finds his feet you know Right. And, uh, and this Bengals offense starts to. You
0: know, so it sounds like both points. of us are saying that he needs to uh, he needs to play the patient card.
1: Uh, I think I would say patience.
0: Yeah, uh, and he's also got Gallaudet I mean, on like, the what bench. He,
1: what trades is he going to make to improve his roster? I mean, it seems like he's got you know a balanced roster.
0: If you if I looked at his roster, I literally the first word that came to my mind was consistency. You're going to get consistency yeah. out of guys like Todd, Chris Carson, and Aaron Rodgers. Uh, these guys are supposed to be – and Juju's getting all – he's supposed to, I guess, into the beginning of the season, we thought if Ben Roethlisberger was throwing the ball, yeah. he'd be getting all these targets. And then he's also got Galladay on the bench. So I was like, this is – Yeah, the
1: one thing I will say, though, about Aaron Rodgers is I don't know if he's the Aaron Rodgers of old. Do as you think this is the season concerned. that he's
0: falling off? I
1: mean, like, his fantasy points per week, 17, 20, 17 – 33, so he had his one big week right. against Philly, and right. then 12 last week. Okay. He's QB 19 on the season. So I don't know if he's someone you actually can rely on for consistency like we were kind of just talking about. Yeah. Um, but I don't know really, really where you go from there, if you try to make a trade or not. I mean, he does have the bench pieces to probably piece together a trade for a quarterback. Maybe oh, he can uh, cash in on Aaron really? Rodgers' name value.
0: Yeah, I think that's. Uh, I think that makes a good point. It's weird because I wouldn't take Aaron Rodgers off of the elite quarterbacks in the NFL, obviously not. It's not like that. But it's just funny how fantasy doesn't always correlate to success in – doesn't always. It Most of the time it does. But for Aaron Rodgers, I guess from season to season we've seen him be successful, have a great team. They had a new coach this year, and we thought that they were going to take the training wheels off of the Green Bay offense and just let Aaron Rodgers go crazy. And it looks like – it's it's kind of different. It's actually the opposite. It's using Aaron Jones, using a running back system, opening the field with a very even, I don't know, offensive attack. So I just think it was interesting that he's still obviously an elite quarterback in the league, but he's not a fantasy top tier quarterback right now.
1: Right. All
0: right. Also to say so that uh, yeah,
1: he just has to decide if he he needs to chase to find a new quarterback with the trade or if he thinks Aaron Rodgers will be good enough the rest
0: of the way yep if I was Patrick in this scenario before we move on I would be trading active wide receiver pieces and banking on A.J. Green coming back and making that Bengals offense go rev rev
1: or he could trade A.J. Green to someone who you know
0: needs him like me for
1: how he turns out
0: let's trade him to me
1: yeah yeah give him give him a quarterback
0: yeah All right. wins for A.J. Green (laughs) I'll take None all right moving on to jimmy g uh we're gonna be yeah. getting into the three two so here, here. yeah we're gonna we're, we're shifting to now we're deciding
1: so everyone below 500 we had our panic or patience now everyone above 500 are they a contender or a pretender
0: wow this, those are this is really good phrasing by the way i hope that the pod can enjoy your your creativity with these with these uh titles
1: yeah, I'm just trying to contribute to content.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We appreciate that all around.
1: Um, so let's look at his roster. Okay.
0: You know, he's got a,
1: one of the best quarterbacks in fantasy right now, Russell Wilson. Um, mm-hmm. And I think probably one of the best fantasy quarterbacks the rest of the way. I don't see any reason why he can't keep up what he's been doing. Maybe not quite as uh, impressive of numbers the rest of the way, but I still think he's, you know, a quarterback you want to have and want to start every week. Right. Um, and With- then he's got... Zeke and Mike Evans, and then everyone else uh, is kind of so-so to me. Um, What do you think about the rest of his
0: roster? I think you're exactly right. So-so is a good way to put it. You're very polite about saying that. I would just go off to say that the rest of his team might just be trash. Uh, So with Mike Evans having tummy problems this season, completely inconsistent, hopefully he can explode for him. Obviously that's what – Eric is hoping for Jarvis Landry. I mean, I don't know where he's been this season, but OBJ and Baker Mayfield, they're the only people that seem to get points out of that offense and Chubb. But Gerald Everett, I want to take a moment and pause. He did spend a lot of money on fantasy or on fab for him. What do you think about his waiver wire purchase of? Hey, I
1: mean, I, I tried to put in a bit. I just didn't think anyone would go that high. Um, but, I mean, I guess right now with his tight end situation, he really only has Eric Ebron on by. Um, it's getting to that point in the season where what good is fab, you know, right, you start I agree. Spending it or else it's, you know, worthless. So I don't, I don't mind the fact that he, he took the chance. Um, it's definitely been trending in the right direction for Gerald Everett. So, um, if it keeps going that way, it's definitely going to be worth it. But on the other hand, you could see, you know, I mean, just how many pass catchers are there on the Rams that right. Dock can sustain? Exactly. Um, 'Cause I mean, you already know there's three receivers that everyone are starting every week. Maybe not Brandon Cooks. He's kinda on the on the fence, but I mean that's tough to start four people, four pass catchers from the Rams,
0: you know. I completely across agree. The board every week. Completely agree. I do think that uh it was a lot, but you're right. I think it's trending in the right direction. So we'll see. But you're right, he could definitely lay an egg tomorrow. They pass to Higby, Everett, Cooks, Woods, Cup, and the backfield. So that's all right. that's six that's to tough. seven. It's insane. And so you just gotta you just gotta get lucky, but like we've talked about before, the tight end situation in the league right now is you just grab anybody that can you gotta take a chance. Yeah, you
1: just gotta go for um, it. so I'm actually gonna say panic for this roster.
0: Wait, um, wait, wait. You no, mean, it's not.
1: Yeah, never mind. I'm saying pretender.
0: <laughs> there it is. Pretender. pretender. This contender is a pretender, baby. Yeah. Um,
1: so I think I think uh Zeke is is you think he's a top five back rest of the season?
0: I think that the way that the offense has become a little bit more balanced, I think that he obviously still gets his touches. But he hasn't uh, – he's only broken the 20-point mark one time, and that was in the second season. Right. And I, I do I, – I have to say he's – He's
1: Mr. Consistent. He hasn't scored under 14. And yeah. So, I mean, you kind of are just banking that he's going to score 14 to 22, you know, somewhere in that range every week.
0: I still think uh-huh. he's top five. I still think he's top five just because – he hasn't had multiple touchdown games yet, and I know that those are coming. I just feel like there's, He has. there's he's only had one touchdown every single game, if that he's had one without a touchdown. And I just think those one-touchdown games, he could get it off in the first drive, get a touchdown, and then come back later in the third, fourth quarter and get another one. And I just think that puts you into the 25, 26-point game. Yeah. So i got to say he's going to be top five. I would value him that way if I was Eric right. shoes. But Pretender for sure, with the lack of depth of his wide receiver spot, I just think that – uh, I think you could um you could touch this guy and he'd just kind of fall over. He he looks like a real human, but he's a mannequin. He's, he's uh, yeah, he's full I'm with you. Of, he's full of cotton. I mean
1: he still is projected to beat you with an eighty-two percent confidence margin, but uh Listen, other than that, yeah, complete pretender.
0: <laughs> I don't have a tight end right now, <laughs> but uh this is this is, we are we are taking each team, holding them accountable only to themselves for one glimpse. It is not in comparison. My team has already gotten shredded. I know that I'm in the patience category, but, yeah, no, there's no doubt about it. I'll admit outright and uh, and to the league that I think this is going to be a terrible matchup for me, and uh, I hope that I don't lose. Also, I will say this, news to the pod, if you want to make a trade for Josh Jacobs so that I can get him traded off of his bye week this week and actually get some value still, that's the kind of thing that I have to do in my situation. I've got Josh Jacobs on buy. If I can find a decent deal where I trade him off and I avoid this buy week and still get production from a top-tier running back, then I'm okay, open. we'll to... talk after this podcast. Don't, uh, don't say anymore. i okay.
1: will talk. Yes. I'll, I'll work
0: out a deal with you. Don't worry about it. Yeah, Connor's no eyes lit up whenever I, whenever I was talking about this. <laughs> but, uh, but all right, yeah, a pretender, a pretender for sure. So now we can move on to the number six spot. Oh,
1: this is just a classic contender.
0: Classics. Classic.
1: Classic. Classic. He's had a rough go of it the first few weeks.
0: Of course he has.
1: Um, but I mean, he's got Dalvin Cook, Leonard Fournette, and Melvin Gordon as his running backs, and you'd be like, Oh, well, he must be weak at receiver. <laughs> no. Nope. And then he's got DeAndre Hopkins, who I, I think has to eventually turn it around. Right.
0: Past, you know. Okay, well um, then let me see
1: how many points the Texans are putting up.
0: Exactly, that's what I was about to say. So if you say that he's going to turn it around, which I agree he will turn it around, you've got to answer the question: How in the world are they putting up so much production and him not getting any of that?
1: That's a great question. I mean, maybe the defenses are trying to shut him down and make other team make other players beat him.
0: That's a good uh, idea. That's not
1: really working out too well if you give up four touchdowns to Will Fuller. But freaking um, sucks.
0: Freaking I mean, that's that's
1: tough for his fantasy output.
0: Okay, so logically, um, you go to this team, you could say he's got great running backs, he's got great wide receivers, he's got to have a terrible tight end, right, Connor? No. Somebody,
1: uh, who traded him? this Disley. <laughs> who I did that? Remember, but, who Will did Disley's that? last four games: 19.5, 19. 15.2, 15.2, 10.9. I mean, he's a monster.
0: It's, he's he's, he's, a, he's big country out there, man. You gotta you gotta lock him down.
1: Yeah, he basically didn't play week one, and he's like what the number four tight end or something,
0: number three. Yes. In our league. Yeah, three or four.
1: I mean that's just insane, uh, or I guess he's still five, um, the fifth tight end, um, without really even putting much up in week one. So yeah, he's looking really good. I think Tiz has a pretty balanced. And it should be consistent. You would think. Yeah. Um, I mean, Leonard Fournette and Cook, you kind of know what you're getting there. Melvin Gordon, I think that could be a wild card a little bit, but I mean, you would still take him over pretty much anybody anybody else's flex yep. position in the league. And then Chris Godwin was the number one receiver on the season.
0: Unbelievable. Number one. Unbelievable. And then you have
1: DeAndre Hopkins, who you would think would be number one. So I mean. Between those two, you would you would sure hope that this team would figure it out.
0: Twenty eight last game, thirty five last game for Chris Godwin. He's he's been spectacular. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. the
1: only thing scary about him is then you know that could just happen to Mike Evans. Mike Evans could have those numbers per
0: week, and he could you know. That's drop a good point. A little bit, That's a really <laughs> great point to show that the wide receiver is getting the amount of production that we thought Mike Evans was going to get. So it's it's actually all there in the wide receiver spot. The points are there, but Chris Godwin's getting them all. Yeah. That's a really and I don't know how much we
1: can blame it on the stomach illness now that uh Mike Evans goosed last week.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think it was just poor management a lot of people by Snackwit. Um
1: Lattimore is just a monster for the Saints, who oh. was covering him last yeah, week. Yeah. That's so right. maybe it's explainable for Mike Evans.
0: Eh. okay. Um also to note that he's been smiling out of control the last couple of weeks, uh Tiz, so you look for him to get it back on track and he's a real contender and then he's gonna be in the playoffs. Yeah. All right. He will be in the playoffs. Okay. You heard it here first. Moving on to the number five spot. Like, love, Lutz. Our boy Luke Warford. um, Mm -hmm. Sitting at the five spot here. I look at his team, and obviously, Patrick Mahomes showed that he was human last week. Love seeing that. I have great, great luck against quarterbacks. Whenever they're playing against me, they seem to just not do as good as they usually do. It's fantastic. Anybody playing a quarterback against me this week, Eric Johnson, they won't do as good as you think they're going to do. Philip Lindsay, uh, Hillman from the the New York Giants. Uh, that seems like a. Anyways, I gotta say, if and I'm not a specialist on this by any means, but when I look at his team, I mean,
1: I think unless he gets Saquon
0: back very soon, I'm, he's a I'm pretender. Saying. Pretender. He's a pretender, baby. Um,
1: so, Will Fuller, I think you're going to see games usually a lot closer to five to six points as opposed to 46. Right. Um, so, I don't think you really count on him very often. Uh, one thing I will say is Austin Hooper. How yes. has he been going off like this? He's number one. Um, but what's scary is he starts Hooper and Ridley, two Falcons, Um, So it kind of limits his upside on a week-to-week basis because, I mean, unless Julio does nothing, you don't really expect both of them to go off very often. Right. Um, And then, yeah, he's going to need Saquon back because his running backs, he's just patchworking that running back spot while Saquon and then Gallman
0: have both been out. Right, right, which is crazy, which is crazy to me. I I wasn't – I wouldn't have thought that – well, I also think that Saquon's going to be back sooner than we expect. They say that he's not going to be back this week, but they're saying there's a chance for next week. So if he can skip by this week with Philip Lindsay, Keenan Allen, uh, and these guys, I mean, yeah, you're right. They have to explode. Will Fuller and Calvin Ridley have to do exactly what they did last week to keep him in the hunt. Yeah. But after we get past that, if Kareem Hunt can come back and he has Saquon Barkley, I think that overall it is, it is a, a pretender team. But – with high upside, a very high ceiling.
1: Yeah, uh, I think he's got a lot of variance. He can yeah. have some weeks where he will have huge gains, but I could also see him in matchups putting up some duds.
0: I like a, um, I like a lineup that we really start out the season. He could
1: kind of survive that, you know, right. win a week, lose a week, win a week, lose a week. He may still, he'll probably still make it in the playoffs, especially right. with his points scored so far. Um, so I think I'm going to say pretender, but I still think I would pick him to make the playoffs. Nice,
0: good, good cover up there. I think I looked down a lineup of Patrick Mahomes. Um, uh, Saquon Barkley, Philip Lindsay, and then in the flex you have someone named Kareem Hunt. I think you've got good odds going into the uh, week nine, week ten. There, I like that a lot. So, yeah, good for you, Luke. We're happy for you turnaround. We got number four, three, and two. Connor Popolocket, Goff, at your team here. Uh, I will allow you to. Well, let me just give your team a look over. Yeah, you you talk you talk about it. Jared Goff, man, what a roller coaster that's been. Tell me how that's been.
1: Um. Hmm. Basically, every week he's pretty consistent. He doesn't put up crazy numbers yet, um, but I'm I'm still hanging in there. Because yeah. uh, I think that they 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 seem to want to pass more than they want to run as as a whole. Um. So I'm hoping he figures it out. He's still a young quarterback, um, and I think as the season goes on, he'll get a little bit better. He's putting a lot of turnovers up. He's, I know. I mean, so many interceptions. One, two, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. He's had eleven turnovers. That's negative twenty two points. It's
0: crazy. It's crazy on the season just for yeah. turnovers. Yeah, I
1: hope that doesn't continue. So I'm I'm feeling okay about Jared. Yeah. at least for now. So I'm moving I'm the also lineup. Hoping that uh, I can stream. I've got Josh Allen on my bench. Sure. Uh, the Buffalo Bills play after their bye week this week. They play Miami. Then a week later they play Washington. Then two weeks later, after that they play Miami again. So
0: That's three. Great matchups. You like my matchups, yeah. I'm hoping he can kind of provide some big
1: weeks in there while maybe Jared Goff, you know, you yeah, know, keeps trying to figure it out.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, and as I as I go down the, your roster, I get to Christian McCaffrey at the second spot. Yeah, and you can apologize. Yeah, I well, I do apologize. But then in other words, then I'm sorry. I'll just say this. I look through your lineup, and I think you are a contender hands down by the second spot because you have Christian McCaffrey on your team. That's it. Yeah, I mean, he's just a monster. He's been insane. He's carried the whole entire Carolina's offense. It's been nuts. Seeing him hurdle that guy and jump into the end zone that last game, I was like, this is freaking nuts. So I just – yeah, Christian McCaffrey has been amazing. You have Mark Ingram as well. You have Thielen, who we've discussed before in the Minnesota offense. It's absolute crap, but at least he's getting some of the targets. So he's still a wide receiver two spot. You can put him in there. And Lockett's been yeah, playing which phenomenal. Which I think is
1: interesting. Thielen's been getting a lot of crap, but he's the wide receiver. Let me see the rankings here on the season. He's the wide receiver.
0: PPR 12.
1: Court, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. So at half PPR, he's 9. That's great. So he's nine and Lockett's 11. So, I mean, so far I have two wide receiver ones yeah. if you want to, you know, go by what they've done this season. Huh. Um, so I'm happy with that. And then I've got Tyreek Hill coming back from injury. So I think my wide receivers are going to be good, and I'm hoping McCaffrey can carry my running backs and Mark Ingram can just keep being a great goal line linebacker, uh, even though he doesn't put up a ton of yards. Right. Um, Seems like the Ravens love to use him around the goal line, and that's yeah. honestly all you need out of an RB2. Absolutely.
0: Um,
1: and then I'm excited about Damian Williams. Uh, so he just got back from injury, and I watched most of that Chiefs game, so right. he didn't really do much because the Chiefs didn't do much, but no other running back got very many carries other than him. So I'm hoping he's going to be the guy uh, for the Chiefs going forward, and if as long as that offense is as good as we all think it is, I think he'll be a great bye week fill in for McCaffrey and Ingram, and then sometimes a flex over if one of my wide receivers if they have a tough matchup.
0: Yeah, yeah, so I'm uh,
1: feeling good about that.
0: That's really good. I think that's strong. Tell me what happened to uh, tell me what happened to Evan Ingram.
1: Ah, he's got a um, what's what's it called uh, MCL sprain, which is what he had last year. So that's a little makes me a little nervous uh, if it's an injury from the past coming back. Um,
2: but,
1: yeah, I don't know, with all these pass catchers coming back for the Giants, like, Sterling Shepard, well, I guess he's out now, but yeah. he came back for a few weeks, and then Golden Tate coming back, I'm, I'm really hoping excited about that. Evan Ingram, you know, doesn't lose his spot in the offense. Right, right. Um, that's going to be one thing I'm going to have to monitor, is if I have to trade for another tight end, but,
0: um... Heard it here first. Golden oh, Tate's going like, off yeah. next week. He's going off next week because Evan Ingram's hurt. Because Sterling Shepard's hurt. He's going to get all yeah. the touches. Mm-hmm. Saquon Barkley's not playing. That's why you traded for him. He's going to get all the touches. It's going to be fantastic. So, And then I'll flip him next week for somebody else. It's going to be fantastic. Smart. Um, all right, yeah, so you're a contender. Do you like the Ravens' D? Have they been good to you over the, over the weeks? I well, just...
1: so I've got to play him this week because the Bills are on by. Yeah. But the Bills are the defense I'm excited for. Because um, like I just told you about Josh Allen's schedule, that's also – the Bills' defense schedule. Right. So from week seven to 11, they play Miami twice, Washington once, Cleveland once. Mm. So, I mean, I'm, I'm really hoping those middle weeks of the season where you need victories, the Bills can put up some huge numbers. The Bills, numbers.
0: the tough Bills' tough defense. Bills. All right. Very good. We move on to number three. We got Clear Eyes Full of Chubbs, can't lose, and K Wall. Man. Yeah. Tell me what you think about his team. I. Doesn't take a t- oh, man. a blind Even, man to uh, tell you this team. <laughs> tell you this team.
1: He's been skating by by the skin of his teeth with some of these matchups. So what was that he put in the uh, group? Me that he's won his last match four matchups for like yes. six points or something. Yes,
0: four four oh, four, yeah. four points four points.
1: Yeah, cause like all right, so he's got uh, one game record better than I do. Yeah, and he's only outscored his points forward to his points against um, by 19. Woo. Yeah. And I've outscored my points against by 80.
0: Yeah, almost 100. Um, so he's so
1: definitely skating by with his matchups. Um, but, hey, you can only play yeah. for your matchup
0: with. That's right. That's right. You, you only know? play your matchup with, and wins count as wins. You know what I mean?
1: Wins count as wins. Yeah. Um, but if I'm trying to forecast the rest of the season, um, I would be a little worried. Okay. Um, I think Deshaun Watson is the top four quarterback. So I think that. Position is solid. Yes, and I think Chubb is also probably a top six running back the rest of the way.
2: Okay,
1: um, but outside of that, I know Julio's a good wide receiver, but the re- everyone else on his roster isn't scary if I'm playing against them. Right. Um, and right now he's got LaShawn McCoy in his starting lineup, and he didn't have a rush last game. It's true. Um, now that Damian Williams is back, so that would also make me very nervous um, if I was starting him. This is a good point. But, with the studs he's got with the Sean Watson, Nick Chubb, Julio, maybe he can make it work. But I'm not as scared of this team um, as maybe some of the other ones in this area. Yeah. So I'm going to say Pretender.
0: Pretender? Okay, fair enough. Uh, Pretender is good. I think that obviously Jason Witten's a sack of pap and shouldn't be playing him.
1: <laughs> he I does have a. That... Uh... Darren Waller on his bench. Yes, on
0: exactly. So he does. He's just getting somebody in there. So I saw Darren yeah. Waller down there, but I do think Brandon Cooks turns it around. The way that I anticipate the Rams' offense is, uh, I'm, I mean, the way that I traded Cup is I really do value Cup as uh, a wide receiver one in that offense, but I do think it's going to start to get worked around. I think you're going to see Goff's numbers increase as we go along, and I think that, Brandon Cook's numbers increase as we go along. So when I see Julio and Brandon Cooks, I think that those guys are solid. I agree with LaShawn McCoy. I think that there needs to be another running back in there, and I don't know where his other running backs have gone. Like, they just ran away from him. I don't know how that that happened, but it happened. So I just uh, – I guess I would fall into – I would say he's closer to the fence than you could than you would think. But, yeah, I would say he's a right. pretender just because there's no depth. When we looked at some of the previous teams like Luke, like Tiz, like Eric J, I mean, well – It was obvious, but there's just some studs in some of those teams that make them absolute contenders. I think what it comes down
1: to is if you, you know, show all these rosters to someone who had no idea what the record was this far in the season, I don't know if Kevin would have a roster that's in the top five or six, but with how he started, I think it's going to be very tough for him to miss the playoffs. I think he'll be in the playoffs just because he's already 4-1. And we all know if you get in the playoffs, absolutely anything can happen, especially with this roster with people that can blow up. Right. So, I mean, you still have to be feeling good if you're him. But as far as what I would expect to happen the rest of the way, I think he'll kind of fall back closer to the four, five, six
0: range as opposed to being a top three team the rest of the way. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Kevin, you're a pretender, but you can turn it around. Get in the playoffs, buddy. Um, oh, he'll be in the playoffs. We go on to Alex Cook. He's been the topic of discussion for some time now. There is, uh, he's got Lamar Jackson, Sonny Michelle, Chris Thompson, just to name. The first three also got Cooper Tr- Cooper Cup and Amari Cooper and Odell Beckham in his wide receiver spot, and now Greg Olson in his tight end spot. Listen, we had a trade. Um, we can we can break that down. There was another trade with uh, with Juju that was also involved. Um, listen, yeah, Cook's been very active on the trade market, which I love, which I love, by the way. But yeah, with Lamar yeah. Jackson at his quarterback spot, Sony Michelle is fine. Chris Thompson, I don't think is fine. With his wide receivers, though, I have to say that he's a contender because these wide receivers are nasty. They have the yeah. potential upside to blow out anybody any time. It's just a matter of, yeah, it's just it's just kind of insane. So I've got to say they're a contender. And the New England Patriots defense. is just I don't understand, but they've been amazing. So,
1: yeah, I mean they have the easiest schedule in the league. So like when they play, I mean do they play my? Oh, they don't play Miami in the regular season. They play them week seventeen. Mm-hmm. So that'll. That kind of stinks, but I mean, it doesn't matter. They're going to play the Giants, the Jets, the Browns, the Ravens.
0: Exactly. It's crazy.
1: I mean, and then week 15 and 16, they play Cincinnati and Buffalo. So if he's in the playoffs, that's two great matchups. Um, but he better get that bye because the Patriots played Kansas City the first week of the playoffs. So he's going to have to figure out a defense um, if that happens, if he doesn't get a bye. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think his receivers are great Cooper Cup, Odell, Amari Cooper. I think those are, I'd say Cooper Cup and Amari Cooper are two of the top ten receivers, probably. Uh, and then I think Odell is a fringe or wide receiver one, depending upon the Browns, right. I don't know, and Baker. And, and, um, if Baker can get him going, I think he'd be good, but I, he worries me a little bit.
0: Yeah. Let's not, let's not miss that uh, Marlon Mack is on the bench for this next yeah. week. So it's just, yeah,
1: you've got Marlon Mack and Sonny Michelle. you'd think would be his starters usually.
0: Right, and um, that flex is a wide which receiver. Which I think those so. are
1: good, good running backs, you yeah. know? Yeah. Uh, so I, I think his wide receivers is definitely the strength of his team, but his running backs are good enough to make it all work. And then Lamar Jackson's been amazing.
0: Yeah. So you, I'm going to say contender. As you put it earlier, he's definitely a contender, but we stand on the edge now with this next game that if he loses, uh, there's actually a, there's yeah, actually a small can percentage. he could fall
1: to fifth, I think, in the standings.
0: Right. A lot of things would have to fall a certain way, but he could fall to fifth just with a couple people winning and him losing. So it's its just not all – he's not out of the woods yet.
1: Right. Yeah, because you would have thought last week 4 now, you know, oh, for sure make the playoffs, and I still would – Say almost for sure he's making the playoffs, but a a loss this week would then put those odds, you know, like in Sleeper when you know you're projected to win by 90% and then your opponent breaks an 80 yard touchdown, it's gone like that. So, exactly right now it's a bigger percentage, but if he loses, that's gonna be you know creeping closer to 50%.
0: Hello, darkness, my old friend. (laughs) Yeah, it's really great, really good stuff there, Cook. We, we, we love the we love to watch your team. Your team has been interesting. So he's actually handed his first L, but none other than the number one person in the sleeper rankings, Scruff oh. McGruff, your brother himself. Tell me about this yeah. team, Connor.
1: What, what do you think about two of our newcomers being number one and number two in the standings?
0: Listen, it's something that I've thought about long and hard. Let me just tell you that. Okay? But then it's weighed out. It's very equally weighed out by Marcus. Dang it! Marcus, you need to change your name. Your name is Mark. <laughs> by Mark being the absolute worst team in the whole entire league by a mile. So Yeah. So I would just say that I love, the, I love what they've brought. They've given us every aspect. They've given us a loser. Sorry, Mark, I love you. They've given us two winners. So for that, I am very thankful. Yeah.
1: Um, so we'll, we'll talk about his lineup here. So yeah. um, he's got Le'Veon Bell, who I think is actually great. Um, I was not excited about him for the begin- at the beginning of the year, but he is all the Jets have.
2: Yeah.
1: It's all they've got. Um, so I think he's going to be pretty good the rest of the way, and I think Aaron Jones is going to be pretty good the rest of the way. Um, his wide receivers, I think, are a little concerning. Yeah. Um, Corlin Sutton and Tyler Boyd have, have been good, um, but I just don't know if, there's some, if they're receivers you want to rely on the rest of the way. What
0: do you think about the receivers? I think that I count Travis Kelsey as a receiver because he's been absolutely amazing and he's a stud. you got to love Travis Kelsey in the tight end spot. That's true. But I did watch the Denver game the other day, and I do think Sutton is number one. Uh, I do think that he's moved in that spot, and I think that that's, uh, that's good for him. And he's getting so many targets. I think that's great. But, yeah, he's carried by the likes of James White, Travis Kelsey, Le'Veon Bell and Aaron Jones. And sometimes, I guess that's just not as strong as I would like for it to be. So it's interesting because me and you both think that he's shaky. But if I was going to make a testament to what this team is about, I've got to say that, well, at the number one spot, I'm going to say they are a pretender. Wow, there, I said it. I said it. I said it. Uh, Because I think that Matty Ice, he's he's all right. He's been – I want to see how he's done this season. He's typical – well, actually, he's done really, really well. Whoops. Uh, 31, 41 points last week. I think that the the flying Atlanta offense is good, and I think that you're right. Left yeah, like, it's, I mean, it's kind of like workflow. the Falcons
1: suck, but Matt Ryan is a good fantasy quarterback. Yeah, exactly. And, like, really no one else other than Hooper and Julio can you really count on in the Falcons offense, but yeah. at least Matt Ryan still puts up ridiculous points. I don't know how he keeps doing it, yeah.
0: but – Um, And and the way that I fortify my argument as this is a pretender team is that there seems to be so much fluctuation when you go down the lineup. Yes, Bell's going to get the work. Yes, Mandy Ice is going to be good. But from there... Aaron Jones, the Green Bay offense fluctuates so much that he's had games that are really, really low. He has games that are high. It's very odd to see that out of a number one running back, but that's what's been happening. Tyler Boyd, he's also one of these guys that's like, he could go high, he could go low. He's gotten a lot of targets. He's been somewhat consistent for the Bengals offense, but A.J. Green is coming. And then Cortland Sutton, he's the number one guy. Travis Kelsey, that's fine. James White, I don't like. And I don't see... The only other person I see on the bench is T.Y. Hilton. So... I just can't figure this out, because it's got... He basically
1: has players that I didn't really like before the season started or, you know, haven't been good in the past. But they're all good this year. So I don't, I don't know what to make of it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so I'm, I may say against my better judgment, I'm going to say contender. Wow. Even Hell though yeah. I want to say pretender looking at this lineup. But maybe I'm just biased, you know, with what I already thought about these people. So yeah. I'm going to give Griffin the benefit of the doubt and say contender um, because I really can't argue against the numbers that these people are putting up. That's I mean true. he leads the league in points scored. And yeah. he's four and one.
0: And his points against are actually very, very small. So he's had great uh great he's luck. He's been a little lucky there. Yeah. yeah. But it's really uh, okay, so yeah, I guess at the number one spot it's uh it's right for you to say contender. It's hard for me to say he's number one and he's a pretender, so unless he's really faking it, you know what I mean? Right. Exactly. No. I mean he, and he has the least amount of points for points
1: against out of the top eight. Yeah, You know, so he has been gifted a little bit of an easy schedule, but you can't argue with the points for. So That's
0: good. That's good. I like that. So that ends our segment for Contender or Pretender for all you pod listeners out there. I hope that you enjoyed it. It was a a good little walkthrough of the lineups nowadays. I mean, it's been updated. If you, again, look back on the draft board, I think that you'd be very surprised with some of the teams that are at the front of our league right now. But that is the way fantasy works. So get with it and remember this for next year. We want to move into uh, just uh, another segment here. Um, do you want to discuss these trades in a, like for a moment? For, for yeah, moment let's just hit the big ones. Yeah, let's hit the. We'll start with the three team trader. The three
1: team trade. Oh yeah. my
0: goodness. Let me. Uh, let me get to it because I'm, I'm. I'm. The first that we've
1: had in the history.
0: History of the league. That's right. The history of fantasy fight club league. I'm really. I'm really happy they were able to get it done. I will say this about a three-team trade. It's a lot of work for the person who's putting it together. It's a lot of work. I've seen people try it and fail. I've seen people only once try and succeed, and I'm very happy that it happened. But whoever put in the work in that situation deserves a round of applause. Thanks, Connor. Appreciate that. That's good. That's great. Yeah. Um, So let's see here. Yeah, let's look at it. We've
1: we've got... Evan getting Derrick Henry and shipping off uh, Mike Evans and Darren Waller. He also lost Duke Johnson. I don't know how much that matters.
0: Right.
2: Uh,
1: Then Eric got Devontae Freeman, Mike Evans, Duke Johnson. And Kevin got LaShawn McCoy, Allen Robinson, Darren Waller, and he gave up Freeman. I I actually think this trade is pretty much a wash as far as I don't think anybody just – really won this trade and I don't think anybody really lost Yeah, um, it's there's a lot of other moving pieces but I think almost essentially for me it's Mike Evans for Derrick Henry in, yeah. in a lot of ways Right, um, those are definitely the two biggest names um, and so I think with Eric's running backs it was maybe a good move to try to go swing for the fences with Mike Evans with the way his wide receiver was looking um, so I think it actually makes sense for everyone
0: Yeah, exactly, and that's why— It's great
1: to see for a three-team trade.
0: It's just so exciting. I I do think that you're right. I love whenever I can see someone dump—I say dump by giveaway—pieces of their team that could be valuable to other people's team, and it work out best for both. And I do think that's exactly what happens with Jimmy uh, or Eric parting ways with Derrick Henry, which I thought was tough. I would have thought that would have been a tough move to make, the way that he's been playing this season. Yeah, he seemed to love Derrick Henry. Yeah, and he let him go. Let him go so that he could. He could increase his ceiling. That's what I would say about all these teams is that they increased their ceiling. They gave away players and increased their overall ce- ceiling, except for maybe Evan because I think that Evan, that Mike Evans brings in a very high ceiling and that Darren Waller also brings in a great points for that tight end situation. Right. So he might have lowered his tight end spot, but securing Derrick Henry is never a bad move in this situation. So you got to be but okay Evan with that. But Evan wasn't
1: really going for – Ceiling. He needs
0: consistency. Nice, good, good plug. You said that yeah, earlier. He, You're doesn't, right.
1: he doesn't want any down weeks the rest of the way. He needs to rely on people. So I really do think that oh, the trade made sense for everyone involved.
0: Man, it's really, it's really impressive. You love to see it. So that, that's yeah. the, uh, that's the trade. I will say that for Kevin, I do have some things to say. I think Devonte has been. Average at best, you know Devontae like you know the back of your head. I know him better than anyone. Exactly. And so, him being on, I saw that text like in the Fight Club message that being on five teams in four weeks is something else. Okay. And yeah. there's a reason for that. And for him to give him up is good. But to only gain LaShawn McCoy, Allen Robinson, who I guess has been playing well, and a consistent tight end. I guess you like it. I, I, with his other running backs, like we saw earlier, I, I think, like Chubb. but Yeah, it kind of
1: depends on how you see the future of the Chiefs' backfield. If you think LaShawn McCoy is still going to be a 50-50 timeshare, I think it makes sense. Um, and I think it's definitely worth it. I even think it might be worth it without LaShawn McCoy being you know, a big piece. Because I think Darren Waller, he, he needed a good tight end. Yeah. Um, and then Alan Robinson has been about the only pass catcher in Chicago that's worth you know, starting. It's true. So I think his team did okay for giving up Devontae Freeman.
0: Man. Yeah, it's just one person to win. You got all three of those pieces. Yeah, love it. Okay. Um, yeah. Well, while we're on the trade loop, we want to move on to another trade. Uh, the Juju Sony tr- trade, we just think, was a good trade yeah. for both teams.
1: Yeah. Um, it's kind of two pieces that have underperformed so far. Right um and it's kind of you know patrick was a running back heavy team uh cook was a wide receiver heavy team so you kind of see this trade coming from a mile away uh the only thing i would have probably wanted is if i was cook i would have wanted any of the other running backs um that
0: patrick had over sony i would have rather had mixon um or Gurley, any of
1: those three other ones i don't know if he had the option between the other ones, or if Sony was the only one that Patrick was willing to give up. Right. Uh, but I would have probably tried to get Mixon instead of Sony Michelle if that was me. But
0: that's true. I see higher upside out of Juju than I do for Sony Michelle in this situation. But I whatever. It's it's okay. Um, yeah, both teams got better. Yeah. The next trade. We've only got two more trades left as we discuss it. Um, uh, maybe not. Maybe your trade. Not. Yeah, no, well, actually, I want to talk about the. Uh, I want to talk about the. Yes, there's this one, and then there's one more. Um, the debacle, the trade gate. Uh-huh. Trade gate is what we're labeling this, and we don't understand it, but we are going to just yell oh. on the Fight Club f- message board that it was collusion and move on. Yeah,
1: I wish we could have, have both Tiz and Mark on here to, you know. Yeah, give their sides of it because it seems, it smells fishy from here.
0: Seems fishy, smells fishy, has got to be a fish. Um, I think that it's actually interesting because when the trade went through, Tiz was the one that said that he didn't want it to happen. And I guess at the time, I thought it was good for Tiz. I guess the if you look back, the initial trade.
1: You is, like James Conner and Josh Gordon more than Melvin Gordon and Sammy Watkins? I,
0: I, I, I say that I do. I say, I say, I, I think say. That's a,
1: yeah, I think that was actually a pretty fair trade. So I'm assuming that it must have been did Mark's, you know, propose this trade and then Tiz accidentally pressed accept or did Tiz accidentally send it and then Mark accepted it?
0: That I guess we're, we're we're not in the minds of them right now. We're not in the mind of a Greg Jennings. We're not in the mind of an Alex right. Crisper. But I would have thought that it was Mark sent it. Mark sent it and he hit approve. But here's the thing. I got a little a little caveat yeah. caveat here. Is I'm pretty sure when you hit accept, it asks you, Are you sure? That's what I thought. That's what I thought too. So it makes me question whether or not Tiz was drunk or if um or if he he just didn't like it as soon as he had some trade remorse. I would I would love to go back and see
1: right at the moment. Um, how long did it take for Tiz to text in the mm. in the group thread after it had
0: happened? Putting your investigation um, goggles on.
1: Yeah, I'm scrolling up here. So it said, um, "I can be able to get the time because it just says six days ago now." Wow. Maybe I can click on
0: it. So I have the trade times if you're interested. Oh yeah. Yeah, so the trade times are 5:22 p.m. and then the trade <clears throat> back was 6:34 p.m. So we have a, we have an hour and twelve minute gap here. Huh. Very interesting.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to see here. Um, I wish I could get the timestamps on all of those. Cause he said, "Tis said, whoa, no, no, no! I clicked cancel on that trade offer." But
0: that, then it went. Hmm. Yeah. I
1: don't know. We're we're gonna have to. You need to interview them on a future pod. Okay. Yeah. To really get to the bottom of that. Um. But I mean, Mark sent the players right back. Um. I guess no harm, no foul. But then I'm interested why Tiz gave him five dollars. Yes, I know, if it was right? Just a mistake. It's almost like he's admitting guilt.
0: Yes, I I think it's very interesting. I think that there's something here. I think that there's there's more to this fish than meets the eye. The nose. I'm telling yeah. you. that. $5 just given away for no reason.
1: I, yeah, because if it was truly, you know, uh, a sleeper glitch, then there should be no need for a $5 dollars set.
0: Man, so I guess how does that influence you and in who set the trade and who received the trade? If I. Well, I'm trying to think if that helps in the argument for whether or not he sent it or just accepted it in a weird way. Um, it doesn't. I'm thinking.
1: Yeah, I don't know, but I just think it is a little weird that he uh, he sent him five bucks. So you're gonna have to interview him. There's, yeah. there's there's no other way around it.
0: Yeah, I'll have to I'll have to do that. Um, would you like that on this pod or in a future pod? Oh, future pod. Okay. All right. Fair enough. That is the the last trade discussion before our final final trade. So it's not the other one. This one is. We're only saving this one for last because it's mine and uh, and I get to personally. Uh, you can get into my mind. There's no investigation needed. Yeah, it's gonna be great. I'm all here. So the Tell trade. Us. walk us through it. The trade goes down. Um, this was uh, it was a rainy Tuesday evening. Um. Oh. No, no, I no, know I don't know. It might have been Monday. I don't know. It might have been Tuesday. I don't know. But I was. Uh, I was. I left work early. Man, and my phone was buzzing like crazy. And we I, I. That's what I was saying. I was swinging, swinging deals for Cup left and right. I had five people at one time. It was an amazing experience for me. Work flew by. Work was like that because I was in the middle of all this stuff while I was working. Um, but yeah, Golden Tate, Carson Wentz, On Johnson, all on my team. And then I gave away Greg Olson, Phillip Rivers, Chris Thompson, Cooper Cup. Let me just weigh it out here. He wanted Phillip Rivers as a backup. I said, hey, listen, I'm going for Carson anyway, so you can have him as a backup to your quarterback, which, again, the way that Cook thinks I just think is very unorthodox to our league because he sees an opportunity to secure a backup quarterback, which most of the people in our league probably just think, If my quarterback dies, I'm just going to go to the waivers and try to find a good stream. If he dies... Okay, dies if he gets hurt, if he's out. So, <laughs> but God. he thinks he thinks that I'm he wants stark. to just <laughs> if he he just wants to secure that backup quarterback, which is just outside of our realm. And he's at the top of the league right now, so maybe the way that he's thinking is right. But I'm just he has that quarterback spot on his bench filled, and I just think that's so interesting.
1: Yeah, I think it kind of depends upon like I have two quarterbacks, and that's because I see where Josh Allen has you know a good schedule coming up. So mm. that's kind of why I'm doing that. I'd be interested to see if maybe Philip Rivers has a good matchup the week Lamar is on by, you know, does Phillip Rivers specifically make sense for him? Yeah. Um, Cause I think that would go in line with how most of the people in this league have thought. Um, but if he's just kind of, you know, wanting a, any backup on his roster, yeah. Um, I think you can usually get someone off the waiver wire, you know, the week that you need that person. Mm. Um, but, I mean, he's thinking ahead. I guess, you know, with the slim pickings we have at running back and receiver right now, maybe you don't have someone you want to put on your roster right now. Sure. And so it makes more sense to put in, you know, a quarterback that can give you upside on a week. So
0: What I've seen is a quarterback sense. on a roster is that whenever you're in trade discussions, it's just a sweetener. It's like, well, I could actually go – Get a better quarterback than the one that I have because it's very rare that the majority of our league probably aren't satisfied with their quarterbacks. You have a few that are, but majority yeah. probably see a quarterback and they're like, "If I could swap up, I'd be happy." So yeah. I've I've seen I've seen that actually have value in our league, which is very interesting. But, but yeah, as, as but let's talk about the rest through, of it. So yeah. it's
1: it's kind of Carry on Johnson and Wentz for Cooper Cup. I would
0: say. Yeah, I would agree with that. And then you can kind of almost split up with Golden Tate for Greg Bolson and Phillip Rivers. Right. Um, but I
1: think that's a pretty good haul for Cooper Cup. I mean, I still think he's going to be a wide receiver one. Right. Um, but hopefully, you got a running back one and Carson Wentz, um, and then you just kind of have to hope that Golden Tate uh, exactly can put up his big numbers for a while. Yeah, so I think for your team it makes sense because you've got to kind of take a risk on receiver um, because receivers can blow up on a week to week basis. But running backs usually you know who's going to score a lot. Uh, right. And Caron Johnson is going to score a lot more points than Chris Thompson. Um, so you definitely upgraded your running back. Um, so I think you increased your ceiling yeah. for sure for your team, which you're going to need to do.
0: It's true. And I just think that the most important thing, I guess, for me is Cooper Cup wasn't going to have a higher value. It, it didn't even matter if he went off for another 20-point game. His value is as high as it's going to get. And the way that I saw yeah. it is that getting rid of him now is, I guess, the best thing that I could have done for my team hands down because – With Cooper Cup in that kind of offense, you've got to think that you're still trading away. You can't value him as a number one wide receiver on an offense that he gets majority of the targets. You have to value him as a number one wide receiver that's getting a lot of production over the course of the last couple of weeks. And so being able to get rid of him at that time, I guess, was... It was going to happen. That's all I yeah, can you say. Yeah, you couldn't possibly
2: sell higher.
3: Yeah,
0: and so I guess – and that's the other thing too is that you can't – Carson Wentz doesn't carry as much value when he's on your bench, but being able to get any value out of that quarterback on your bench is better than some situations. So him having right. Carson Wentz and still getting something for that is good, and he got what he wanted. I guess he, again, right. kept in that line. I mean, like, like
1: most trades, I still think probably both teams got better. Right. Um, but I actually think it could be more of a sideways move for him um, and, you know, a, a step up for you. Yeah. But well,
0: only with time the, will tell. With the trio of wide receivers that he's got, there's a, there's no telling that uh, he could put off a 160 to 180 point game anytime. Yep. So that's what you do. At. His ceiling is definitely, I think, one of the highest in the league because wide receivers are, we know, the most. Fluctu- they just fluctuate so much and their ceilings are so much higher than other players the way that they score so he's got the highest right. ceiling in the league is what i would say with his wide receiver trio so yep man oh, so for sure. we've talked panic patience we've talked contender pretender we've talked trades we've talked a lot of different stuff we're gonna close out the connor f session here with Two key matchups, and uh, I'm yep. going to let Connor go ahead and take away the first one as I bring up the matchups this week. we yeah. got only two that we we're going We kind of already
1: alluded to this one a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about how Cook could fall all the way to five, you know, with if, if pieces fall the right way. Um, but it's the matchup between Evan and Cook. Absolutely. And right now they're projected 122.24 to 122.9. Yeah. Um, so if we're looking at sleeper projections, it's going to be the closest matchup of them all. Um, True. And you've got a one and four team going against a four and one. Um, and you kind of would have thought a week ago that Alex Cook, you know, he's safe. You know, he doesn't have to worry about his uh, playoff hopes on a week to week basis. Yeah. Um, but if he drops two in a row here, uh, he's definitely trending in the wrong direction. And then Evan could get back on the right track with a win. Um, but I have to say, if Evan loses this game, I think he's done for the playoffs.
0: Yep, I think you have to lock and for up. For me
1: personally, and for you, I guess for everyone, uh, if you think his roster is good, that's great news for you, that you wouldn't have to worry about him in the playoffs. It's great point. Um, So for me, I'm going to be watching this matchup closely because I'm really going to hope Cook uh, can put it into Evan's playoff hopes because I would love to not have to go up against David Johnson and Alvin Kamara in the playoffs.
0: Yeah, this is exactly this is a prime this is a prime NBA example of you're down you're down three points you've been grinding on defense for the last two minutes possession after possession you're just grinding out to get these defensive stops you brought it within this four point game and then Steph Curry picks your pocket and hits a three the dagger if he loses this game it's a dagger. Dagger yeah, to this team one five. I don't think he can come back from one to five. Seals them. Now, obviously, that puts me in the same category, but we're not talking about me. We're talking about Evan S. A solid team right. with an amazing lineup. Just very, very, yeah, very, 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 been. very, poor managerial skills. I want you skills. in the playoffs. Yeah, thanks. I appreciate it. Um you want redemption because you just want to beat me to a bloody pulp in the playoffs because yeah I've had I had not wait number. yeah okay but uh, but yeah just poor management all around by the Evans team so that's what uh, will yeah it all boils down to poor management yeah absolutely and one hundred percent one hundred percent no doubt about it so uh, with that matchup discussed uh, yeah I I agree I think the more polarized the league the better because I need everyone to go in one direction so that I can just hop skip and jump across the bridge in the middle to the playoffs so right I so who do you happened. got this matchup. Uh, hands down, I got uh, Alex Cook. I just think that it's uh, I think that sh- I, I think that the poor managerial skill will bury this team, the S team. So I think that having all of his star-studded cast and his lineup will be the death of him. So That's what Yeah, I think. I think it's gonna come down to David Johnson.
1: <laughs> I think David. I mean, David Johnson tweaked his back uh last week. Um, you know? So if David Johnson doesn't play. Uh, I would be a little bit worried there, um, yeah. because if he doesn't play, he's going to have to throw in. I guess you could throw in Sanders at the flex and move up Henry. Um, but what would be worse would be if David Johnson plays and then tweaks his back the first, you know, drive. Sure. Is out the whole. And,
0: and that, that true. seems to
1: be something that David Johnson likes to do. He's <laughs> <laughs> hurt at the beginning of games. <laughs> um, so if I had Evans' luck this year, I would be terrified if that's what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, so I think Cook might be able to squeak out a win, even though he's got Marlon Mack on by. Um, but I guess we'll just have to kind of wait and see.
0: Yeah, it goes back to this. I will say, if I was Evan in this situation, you've got to find a way to stay in the lower percentage, in the lower percentage in the sleeper projection, because he's not good when the projections are in his favor. You've yeah. got to find a way to stay as close to the top as you can. So right now, he's worked it out really, really well with a 49%. Perfect, 49%. He needs to stay there. If it fluctuates at any point and gives him the advantage, that's a bad move by, by the manager. So... Yep. We move on to our final matchup discussion here with uh, with the old Tiz versus Scruff McGruff. A very, yep. very... Two contenders yes. in my book. Nice. Two contenders going head-to-head. Scruff coming off of a huge, momentous team win to give Alex Cook the first L of the season. he to shoot his way to number one in the power rankings. Absolutely. I, Unbelievable. Well, Can we, uh, we, we get those power rankings? power rankings this week? But. Yeah. Can we get those? Can we get those? Yeah, somebody out there, Eric, Evan, Evan, are you doing the ranking this week? Let us know. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I think that uh, I think it's going to be a great matchup. It's going to come, uh, I think, honestly, I think D. Hopkins comes alive in this game. Just just telling you now. Yeah. He's going to actually come alive. He's going to continue to be a contender. He's going to show the world what he's got to work with. I think Fournette's production goes down because it doesn't seem to be able to go up any higher. It's amazing right now. I think that Dalvin Cook <laughs> continues to play his game, and I think that uh, I think that Tiz comes away with a win here.
1: Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Uh, he's definitely projected almost 11 points more. Uh, but one thing I think is interesting is you know how you can see in Sleeper now if it's you know if you're a punt like the at New York Jets is red, that means that they're really good against right, right. that position. Right. Um, so Dak has um, has a. Bad matchup at the Jets. The Jets apparently, I guess, are really good against the quarterback. Um, Dalvin Cook, it projects him to have a red, a bad matchup. Mm -hmm. Fournette is red, has a bad matchup. Hopkins and Godwin are yellow, which means, you know, mediocre. The only person on his roster that has a green matchup is Will Disley at Cleveland. Um, So maybe there's a little opportunity here for, you know, a tough schedule, uh, tough matchups to slow down Tiz's team. Um, But I think he's kind of already starting off with such a lead in the projections that um, I I wouldn't be too worried if I was Tiz. I think Scruff has to come back down to earth at some point with this team. Um, So, yeah, I would still pick Tiz. But watch out for some of these matchups that Tiz has. Maybe, you know, they can limit Dalvin Cook. Uh, Maybe they can limit Fournette. Uh, it's something we'll have
0: to keep an eye out. Absolutely, and also a, a great hinging point on the Scruff McGruff team is his defense, the Bears, and the way that they've played this season, and they're going to be out this this week. So, you got yeah, to defense yet. You gotta find a way to fill that void right there. So we'll we'll look. Uh, it's obviously going to be an exciting week, as it always is in the Fight Club fantasy league. I mean, we're just again, I as we kind of close up here, I just can't tell the league. Uh, I, I can't tell the league as many times how happy I am with, with the culture that we've created because this yep. is just outstanding. We roll with content. We've got this. we have got that. We've got other things. We've just got so many things going that, yeah, I'm just really, really happy. I would like to establish um, – I went to Isaac's house last Thursday to watch Thursday Night Football, and it was a great matchup. Isaac Meisner has a great house, everybody. He has a great apartment. My goodness. And his dog is cute. Oh, I just highly recommend going to Isaac's house if you get the opportunity. But watching football with any of these people in there, I love the shout-out somebody said on the the group me the other day. Anybody trying to get lunch? I was like, that's amazing. <laughs> just trying to get lunch. Uh, but, yeah, I'm trying to, as we get towards playoff time, as we get towards some of these games that, that matter down the stretch, I want to watch them with some people some places, whether that's beat ups, whether that's – uh, I want to go to KS Bar. Also, they have a great outdoor patio that I would oh, love to KS watch the game on. Oh,
1: KS Bar's wings are so good.
0: Oh, yeah? You got, I've had them,
1: and they're so good.
0: Boneless? Bone in. Boneless. What did you have? Mild with ranch, like a real man?
1: KSR sauce.
0: Oh, what's that? It's like
1: mild, but it's really
0: good. Yeah, with ranch, because you're a man, right? Yeah. Yeah, people who eat blue cheese, Kevin, are ridiculous. <laughs> I'm not calling anyone out, but just, you know, Yeah, just Kevin. blue cheese monsters. Um, that's all the time we've got here. Uh, Connor, I want to, first of all, thank you so much for your time.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I really strive to provide analysis, you know, unbiased. Um, I try them not to be opinions, you know? Yeah.
0: I want them to be facts, you just, statistics. You know, and I think the league appreciates that, and I think the league appreciates not only your your your. Uh, contribution in the league as as a usually a top five top five contender in every single league you've ever been in but also uh, also your your data analysis because that's what you do you analyze data every single day of your life even when you're at home working right.
1: Right, that's exactly, that's all
0: yeah. I do my life is analysis. Yes, yeah. well, yeah, well, it's it's funny because you, the time that you gave us, the time that I am telling you that I appreciate was only an hour and 18 minutes and a little bit more. So not like it was a big time commitment or anything, but we really appreciate it. So while you've got the pods here, you've earned yourself some face time. Do you have anything that you'd like to tell the league? Uh, let's
1: see. I'd like to tell them that I'm here to stay. Oh, okay. Christian McCaffrey is <laughs> kicking butt and taking names. All right, He's going to put up 40 points a week the rest of the way, and there's yeah. nothing you guys can do about it. Christian McCaffrey should strike fear into your hearts.
0: Yeah, uh, I've got a question for you. Yeah. If you win the championship, there's talks of, obviously, this trophy in the background. You get that thing. You get that back there. Yeah. Uh, you get your name engraved. Do you, do you think that you would get a not a ring you don't have to get a ring that's not what i'm getting at but if you were to get a symbol of your victory that you would wear more than you would bring the trophy around what would that symbol be as a champion
1: yeah so last time i won um also if i win this year that would mean out of the last four years you've won twice and i've won twice high five High five. Yeah. (laughs) Fantasy Masters here, me and you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, But I don't want to count my chickens before they hatch. You know, uh, I'm not the favorite to win this year. Um, But if I were to buy something, the last time I won, I bought the jersey of the person who won me.
0: CMC jersey, baby. So I'm thinking
1: maybe a (laughs) Christian McCaffrey jersey this year might be in order. Um, Unless, you know, in the championship week, someone else just goes off. I would really like an Adam Thielen jersey.
0: Wow, um, you really like Adam Thielen.
1: I love Adam Thielen. Um, I would also like a Tyler Lockett jersey. Did you hear the news about Tyler Lockett today? No. He uh, is into poetry, and in his poetry, he, he's also a big Christian, and he talks about how he's a virgin.
0: Oh. Adam <laughs> <laughs> oh about like, it today. That's, that's just it, some remarkable stuff. That's some top. Yeah, so, oh, man, man. I can
1: respect that. Give me that jersey.
0: Golly, of course, of course, because I'm telling you... He's these, like a Tim Tebow type, you know? When, isn't that just believable? When does this book come out? That's what I really want to know. When does this book come out? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I just heard a small clip. Hey, listen, um, the Seahawks have got... Waves around the league. Yeah, the Seahawks have got Judah Smith praying over them every single week. Every single yeah. week. And listen, I know Russell Westbrook – Russell Westbrook, sorry. Wilson. Russell Wilson is solid. Russell and I, yeah, and I think that like the Eagles, as Scruff McGruff uh, told us last week, I think that the Seahawks are all in church too.
1: Yeah, I agree. Eagles, Seahawks. Uh, can those both be in the yeah, Super I don't Bowl? I I was going to say
0: Super Bowl bound, baby. Uh <laughs> –
1: No, they're both NFC. They Uh, can't
0: be in the Super Bowl. NFC Championship, holler at me. NFC
1: Championship, Eagles Seahawks.
0: Man, all right, that's great. Well, uh, you heard it here first. Connor's uh, Connor's contribution to himself after he wins the league. If he wins the league, is going to be maybe another jersey. Everybody, just food for thought on what you're going to be getting yourself as you wear it around and uh, gloat with other fantasy owners as you tell them that you're the league champion. Doesn't have to be a ring. Maybe somebody could get a jacket. doesn't have to be – you just get what you want. So, yeah, there it is. Um, Something to rub it in everyone else's face. Exactly, exactly, exactly. So, yeah, Connor, thanks again. We're going to be ending not only our conversation, but we're going to be ending our segment on the pod. Uh, I love you dearly, and I will speak to you soon.
1: Oh, I love you so much. Can't wait to see you soon.
0: (laughs) All right, see you, bud. See
1: ya. Hey, where the f*** are my hard-boiled
2: eggs?
0: So, Luke, if you could uh, just warm up your side of the mic for me, please. Hello, hello, hello,
3: hello. Check. Check one,
0: two. Are you guys ready to have some fun? Nice. Let's get jiggy. Let's get jiggy. Let's get jiggy. Okay, great. That's enough. Let me, uh, let me. All right. We're here on the pod with none other than Luke Warford himself. We've got some fun topics to discuss, I will tell you what we're going to discuss in just a moment. I'm going to give Luke a moment to say hi. Luke, you want to say hello to everybody on the pod?
3: Um, correction, Mike Warford here. Uh, nice, John nice. Devin Chapple for giving me a new name update, but 2019. We're going to go with Mike Warford on the podcast today, Ben. Um, get it right, but I'm good to be here. Yeah. Good to be here. Exciting things to talk about. Good, good content, but it's going to be a little different.
0: Yeah. Exactly. So. As Luke alluded to, we are going to be talking about not fantasy football in this pod. We're actually going to be discussing the mascot suit. And a bunch of you guys are like, wow. We're going to talk about the mascot suit on the pod. And the reason why it's important is because it's your punishment. For guys like me, for guys like Mark, for guys like Evan S. In the bottom tier of the league, it's very important for us to begin to get an understanding as to what this is going to look like for the loser. So, without further ado we're going to get into some of the details about the suit we're going to i'm going to be able to ask and interview luke here on a few questions and the details of suit weight suit uh the way that you get it on which you're supposed to be wearing etc etc we'll get into that down the road but i want to start with a little bit of story time because i think that the suit brings out the best in people would would you say that's accurate luke warford we we
3: can we can it brings up the best in people. I do want to acknowledge the fact that you just said that we're going to talk about this mascotting thing and the punishment and yet I have to come to the realization that what is our league punishment is actually my job. (laughs) There's that. We'll say that this is a punishment for most people. This is how I get paid and I make money for me personally. But yes, this is uh, we're going to get into some good details about the suit and honestly, a story that Many people may have heard, but it's worth telling again. And that is about Ben Pompelli going out with me in this jiggy mascot suit and his first experience and his encounter with this massive fur suit thing that
2: we are going to be
0: punished by yeah absolutely I'll get into the details uh, quickly I was a little nervous at the start it was my first show of, uh, of all time and I was really excited to make a couple hundred bucks if you're interested in being a jiggy uh, doing the jiggy routine then you can make a hundred dollars for every single show that you do unless they change the prices
3: yeah uh, call me 502-598-1549 remix education app for Luke and we can get you in there because I'm always looking for an opportunity to get out of that hot son
0: of a Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. So again, if you're, if you're wanting further practice, like Mark, if you're preparing to be in the suit and you just want to get a head start, you can also start making a hundred dollars if you're interested by actually volunteering and doing it uh, out of your own will. But I was nervous. It was my first time. I was excited to make make some money. I needed some money uh, out of a job for a little bit. So I was jigging and... I put on the suit. We'll go into the details and the specs about this later. But your sight is incredibly hindered whenever you put the suit on, and the suit yes, it is. the suit is a very it's it doesn't it doesn't let your body breathe necessarily. So I was nervous. My blood was pumping. Uh, my heart rate was through the roof. And I put this thing on, and I realized, man, this is really, really, um, yeah, I don't know. It's just really, really. It really clogs you up. It the way that you move, the way that you breathe, just everything. But that's not the point. What was the point was that me and Luke had rehearsed a whole entire show together. He'd given me the details and told me exactly what I was supposed to do. But due to the suit and due to my nervousness, um, I put the suit on and essentially it was like I forgot everything that I was possibly doing. It goes on to the kids in the routine start to chant out Jiggy's name and he's supposed to come running out with slingshot guns and spray them, high five them, do a dance routine that ends in a booty shaking thing that we kind of deem inappropriate so that we can kind of move on to the next segment and make fun of Jiggy in the process. But exactly what happened is, is if you haven't heard it yet, then you're going to hear it right now is that I put the suit on. I got excited. Jiggy, Jiggy, Jiggy. All the kids are going and I (laughs) heads on. Everything is good to go. I got the slingshot guns ready and I come running out super excited. And I forgot that we were on like a six foot stage. And I go face first into, not a crowd of people, into just straight, if you can imagine, tile, gymnasium floor. Just absolutely head it first. was the most amazing thing that I've ever
3: experienced to this day in the game of life.
2: In the game of life. In life,
3: <laughs> game of life. Let, me, let me just stop there. It is the most hilarious thing watching Ben Pompeo run out in a
0: mascot suit and eat it,
3: face plant, yeah. fall on his kneecaps,
0: in front of 600 people off of the 8-foot stage. Yeah, it was 8-foot, continue, continue. 6-foot. All that we know, is very, very high. My ankle, my knees, my elbow, my, uh, my wrist, all of them hurt because I literally forgot that the stage was that high. So my first step was out off of a stage that I thought was ground. So if you've ever seen someone just faceplant, complete surprise, that's exactly what happened, and it was just really, really high up. So I did that, and... I don't remember much after it, but Luke has told me before that the slingshot guns there hit the ground and they shoot out. And I don't waste a second to get up and start like freaking out because (laughs) I'm freaking out inside. So I freak out by dancing and giving high fives and patting kids on the head and just like being all out in the suit. And the thing is that you don't make noise. So here I am internally absolutely losing my mind and touching all these like, Kids' heads and patting them and giving high fives and running all around. I'm freaking out. I'm freaking out, but I'm not saying anything and it's all internal. And so eventually I settle down and it's time to dance. So I've been freaking out. I fall off a freaking stage. I'm running around. My heart rate is through my freaking brain. And I realize in the middle of this dance, holy crap, I can't breathe. Like, I'm going to die. I'm going to die in this suit. This is it because I just was breathing so heavy and I wasn't thinking and I was just trying to breathe through this little vent in the suit and I was just losing my mind. So, um, that was, that was my, that was my problem. That was my issue. The rest of the show went by pretty smoothly as far as like me getting myself under control and actually following the script. But the very, very start was, uh, it was a panic attack of sorts and it was an absolute disaster in every every way. So,
3: in, in, in every way, it was a disaster for Ben. But I will say, it was the most enjoyable experience in two years and about six months of working for Remix. I wish you guys could have been there to see it. But the funny thing is, we can you can literally picture it happening. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And can you imagine being a kid on the front row, that's supposed to get shot with silly string, and you get? groomed and petted by a green alien <laughs> man. Instead. So it was quite the uh, quite a disaster for, for Ben. And he forgot the, the most important part is the booty shake. Booty shake is a big deal. I and mean, we, we train people how to do a booty shake in this mascot too because this suit, as we're going to get into, it, it's big and it's hot and you really got to know how to work it. Right. Like, as, as a good mascot, you got to know how to work the suit. There's like mascots, which is basically you like, you know, dressing up for Halloween mascots. And then for us, they're like, no, you're getting paid to mascot. You better do this right. Yeah. And uh, Ben just totally botched it, forgot to do the booty shake. The kids were thrown off. I was thrown off. And,
0: uh, yeah, I just I just laughed for yeah. like 10 minutes is on it, the stage uh, Yeah, is it Dr. true? Trophy. You weren't even trying to hide it. You were literally just like, I'm just laughing because this is so funny. I can't even, like, you were just laughing. You didn't even say things at the first. You were just like. He just fell off the stage. I'm laughing out loud on the microphone right now.
3: Yes, yeah, yes. It was it was it was quite it was quite the treat for me. Um, yeah. but like I said, the worst day for Ben. In the same way for you guys, punishment to get in the suit, whoever's gonna be last place. I know last year it would have been me, but I think I turned over a new leak this year. I don't think I'm gonna get in there. Um, but yeah. for somebody that what is, you're going to be your punishment is, yeah, it's my way to eat. So I'm not going to look down on it too much, <laughs> but I'm going to tell you, it's pretty,
0: it's pretty miserable. It's pretty yeah. miserable at times. Luke, you've been in the suit in a, in a similar situation as to what our punishment is. They're going to be doing. You actually said that you ran a 5k. Could you tell us a little bit about your 5k, which again, can we measure out what is a 5k? How many? Um, it's a 1k, five times. Well, okay, all right, okay, all right, I get it. I don't even I, know a long deal. Yeah, I, I don't know. Two and a half miles?
3: I think this would be like an Eric Eric J question.
0: Okay, uh, I think that's he good. runs
3: a lot. But yeah. I'm thinking like maybe two and a half okay. miles. I'm not exactly sure. But, that's all yeah,
0: right. But that's yeah, how I you're saying it.
3: A four 5K immediately into a 45 minute show without taking the head off one time. And um, that's probably like. I'm pretty sure that I experienced hell. Like, I went down there for a little bit and hung out, and then I came back to Earth and and realized that there's nothing worse than being stuck in a suit that long.
0: 5K, 3.1 miles. I've got it. There you go. There there it
3: is. I can do it. I can definitely do it. I can do it. I think you guys can do a mile. I definitely think everybody can pull it off, but I don't think it's going to be easy. Uh, I don't think it's something that needs to be
2: overlooked.
0: No. I think I think you're absolutely right. Is there was there any point in the five K that you um that you thought you were gonna pass out?
3: Um, the whole time. The whole time okay.
2: because <laughs> it wasn't just a
3: five K. It was a five K on uh, the middle of June oh. on about a ninety five degree day. Oh. Uh, at zero water source <laughs> and it's been already talked about the the area of your breathing room in this suit that you guys somebody is gonna get the pleasure of trying on. Yeah. Is about it's about two, two inches, and it's the two inches where you can breathe is covered by um, this material that's about as thin as cardboard <laughs> that you get a breathe through. So, <laughs> given given yeah. those two things, it just makes it just makes it tough <laughs> to be in here. But I didn't die. My body was kind of conditioned to it. But good thing, good thing, football season doesn't run in the summer. Because we may, have, we may have to have a like paramedic on hand if it was a summer thing.
2: I but cold right. weather,
3: this thing's going to make you nice and cozy. And so uh, that that is a perk. That is a pro for whoever this punishment is to ease it up a little bit. Yeah. You're at least going to be warm. You're
0: going to be warm. That's fair. That's fair. That's great. That's great. So we know that people have been through a lot worse. So we shouldn't be too scared. But the reality is, that it is going to suck. So as we move forward, I want to talk about the. I want to talk about the specs. I want to talk about the specs. So Luke is going to be our specialist on the suit because, as he said before, I mean, this is his his life in a in a sense. So Luke, could you could you tell us maybe what the weight, what we're going to be putting on that day when you come when you come to the realization that you're the worst in the league, you're going to be punished. You, I just want you to put your mind there. Like, get there. Everybody, as yeah. you're listening, okay. think. You just lost the season, or you lost in the championship round of the loser's bracket. What kind of weight am I going to be putting on my body as I put this suit on me? Yes,
3: I, I can picture myself there, because that was me yeah. <laughs> yeah. only a year ago. Had zero wins going into, like, week 12. <laughs> uh, there, is some, there is some hope. I will say, for those people that just feel like they don't got anything left, in them, their team is just trash. Just just keep at it. Just keep putting people in the roster. Just keep going. Just keep checking the waiver because every now and then, there's a little bit of joy right. at the end of the tunnel. And mine was beating the championship winner, Benjamin Pavelli, himself last year, taking right. him his first L. And That's so, right. there's hope. There's hope for those people that are at the bottom of the barrel, but... Like I said, the time time to perform is now, and there is a weight. Like you said, there's a weight to this, and it's actually 40
0: pounds pounds. of
3: green (laughs) fur that does not breathe well. It actually absorbs all the heat, and it kind of keeps it in like a heating blanket.
2: Um,
3: And so, yeah, if you can just imagine just turning a heating blanket on and then wrapping yourself up in, like, saran wrap, (laughs) and then just kind of hanging out. In the, in the heating blanket for a really long time, but having a two-inch window to breathe out of, that's kind of the weight that we're talking about. So 40 pounds of fur, and then in addition to the 40 pounds of fur, you got a head. And this head is a baseball helmet that's got about five pounds
0: of oh, wow. foam
3: wrapped around it
0: that's yeah. also covered in fur. So like you're, strapping, your you're, you're strapping yeah. it around your chin, right? Like a baseball helmet? Like, yep. or like a football, thing, helmet. Like a football got, helmet? Yeah, like a football helmet. you got a chin strap. It kind of keeps
3: that baby secure yeah. on your head. Uh, but also to make it you know a little bit more interesting and harder to, to maneuver, you have this huge belly cage. I don't know if you remember that, Ben. Oh, remember yeah. the belly cage? Oh,
0: yeah. I remember the belly cage. Just, if yeah. you can explain to fat. them. Jiggy
3: is fat, and yeah. he, is, he, he feels fat when you have it on. So, you're gonna be forty pounds heavier, you're gonna have a big belly, you're gonna have size fifteen shoes. Uh, <laughs> that they go over top of your original shoes. So hopefully your foot's not bigger than fifteen. It won't fit. Yeah. Uh, but that's that's what we're that's what we're looking at in, in the weight. But yeah. there's there's some other aspects to to this mascoting world that gets a little bit worse.
0: Yeah. I, sure. I was going to I, I think we'll get into a few of those as I as I go through a few of these questions. Um the suit, if I remember correctly, is a one-size-fit-all, correct? Um, it is a one-size-fit-all. When,
3: when Ben wears it, it's a it's a saggy a saggy alien. <laughs> <laughs> when normal people wear it, it it's just kind of a little bit more stretched out. Um, if you guys know Kurt Vernon, he wore it. When that happens, you actually see the human skin um, <laughs> where the arms and the feet and where those connect. So it is a one-size-fits-all just because these things – this is a fun fact for you. Yeah. Professional mascot
2: suits. Yes. I don't I, know
3: if we can put a poll out right now in the group meeting to ask how much you think they are. We can't do that. No. But on average, $7,000 is how much these suits
0: cost. Yeah, this is great. So, Let's actually go into the detail of a professional suit. Like so maybe some of the amenities, some of the specs of a, of a professional suit. You say it costs how much? $7,000. And tell us why it might cost $7,000.
3: I really don't have a good answer. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
0: Well, okay. What I've heard from conversations... And the worst thing
3: created in this world.
2: But
3: oh, wow. If that's what i got to do to get in front of some kids, then, uh, then I'm, I'm all about it. I actually am not always alien. People that don't know right. actually go and get to speak right. and share the gospel with kids. And so we have to bring Jesus into this conversation at some point. Right, right, that's what right. I normally do. But then the days that I'm punished... Those days, I got to get in the suit. Okay. And so, um, I've graduated from losing the league, so to speak, for remix. I'm, I'm a winner. I'm on top.
0: And you've done that in other leagues also. Yeah.
3: They have to come in there and just, they just got to get by. They just got to hopefully get by and get the speaker speaker status. But, uh, Yeah. yeah.
0: No, that's great. I think that I've heard conversations between you and Matt that there's some suits whether it be baseball mascots or NBA mascots that actually have like a a ventilation system inside as far as like a fan and all that kind of stuff that really like I don't know it helps with the pe- person inside because they've got air circulating through there which is probably incredible. Oh yeah. Man. So, but oh, this yeah. is not like a that fan, suit. They got AC AC unit inside those, but I, this <laughs> people, we do not. We yeah. do not have that. We don't have anything close like that.
3: there's a built-in heater on the <laughs> entire suit for you just so you'll get you nice and warmed up and on the verge of heat stroke almost immediately. So yeah. that, that's what we're
0: looking for. Yeah. As we alluded to earlier, I think that it is interesting if you can imagine a suit that Does in some degree fit Kurt Vernon. It will also fit you. So like as Luke said, a very very baggy suit for the smaller people in this group, and then you know maybe a more average suit for the taller people. It's just a very interesting dynamic. Whenever you're walk, you're like running or walking, and you have about a foot worth of leg just flopping around on your shin. So it's it's interesting. A question for you, Luke. Here is how would you gauge the overall breathability of the suit now before you answer we're going to be running a mile i want to talk about like we've talked about this green fur there's 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 just if you were to rate the ventilation system on this suit from one being the worst to ten being the absolute best like you can feel a breeze coming uh through your through your suit. what would you gauge the uh the one the on a one through ten the breathability of this suit
3: One's worst, ten's the best, right? Yes. Well, it's all—it's all circumstantial. It's okay. all circumstantial. Um, I think I will. I'm going to be honest. We're being honest here. Yeah. It's going to be good doing it at this time. True. So that automatically makes the breathability just a little bit better than going out there on a hot, humid day. Yeah. Um, I would say running it in a mile at this time of the year, I'm going to give—I'm going to give it like. A three and a
0: half. There you go. Perfect. Three and a <laughs> half
3: breathability in this suit. But this is what I will say. When you're at like point eight miles in and you have point two to go, your breathability is going to be negative zero.
0: Negative zero.
3: It just does not matter how good you can breathe. It's just, this body's just not conditioned for it. It is right. not. It's tough. And it took me, it took me about a year to really break in this suit thing and to be able to control it. So. Yeah. That's,
0: Absolutely. that's what I would say. Um, yeah, I think that's good. I think that I would agree that it with all of the good things going for it for you to only rate it a three maybe a three and a half in the seasonal, it just goes to show how there's no breeze getting through there. You're just not gonna be feeling any of that, and your breathing is gonna be very very hindered so uh yeah, I'm excited I think that it's gonna be I think it's gonna be great. I think that there's you mentioned the shoes we're gonna be running in this bad boy so when I think shoes on the, the the mascot, could you explain what that's gonna look like? Do I take off my shoes or do I keep on my shoes? Do I strap them in? What yeah, does that yeah. look like? We're gonna be running a mile, you know what I mean? Yeah.
3: You uh you definitely keep on your shoes, and then you have shoes that go over top of shoes. So okay. basically what that is is there's shoes that have foam around them, which again, this is gonna be more hot, it's gonna make your feet smell really bad. I actually have Shoes that are specifically for the mascot because I've ruined all my other shoes and oh, wow. getting yeah. in the mascot suit and getting out. So, bring a bad pair of shoes for those people that are bottom of the league right now. If you think this is going to be you, bring some, bring some lawn shoes and uh, a strap over and around your normal shoe. Mm-hmm. So, um, that's nice, but let me tell you, it's awkward because it's like it's kind of like running on the ground with um, those like.
0: Flippers. I can't even think of a word. Like right flippers. Now. The ones One that you swim with. That all the scuba divers use? Yes. The fin. Yes. There you go. Scuba
3: fin. It's yeah. like walking on a deck with scuba fin. So if you're <laughs> ever going to do that, it's pretty hard. i not going to lie. It's been a few times in my show. I'm running out. I'm excited, like Ben. And I don't fall off the stage, but I trip over my shoes because. They're just
2: big. They're just,
0: yeah. they're, just, they're just a big thing. That's a that's a great but way yeah, to describe it. they
2: big because it, it really brings character to
0: life. You're running with flippers. You're running with freaking swim flippers. That's exactly <laughs> how i describe it. Yeah. So, oh, it's so, so funny. It's, it's not the most enjoyable by, by any means. I'm, I feel more at home in those shoes
3: than my normal shoes. Yeah. Because, you know, I'm around it so much. But but for you, it's really going to suck. It's really
0: Yeah. Suck. Yeah. Um, that's great. I think that's a perfect example of what it's like to run in those things. Um, the, the, what are people or what people, what should people expect to wear underneath the suit? Because there's two, there's two parties here. So I want to make sure that you're appealing to both parties. There is the, this suit's absolutely disgusting, um, party and they probably want to have clothes all over them because they don't want any part of their skin actually touching a suit that is nasty but then there's the other side of it is it's going to be so hot that you might just want to go like tank top and shorts in this bad boy because you want to have whatever advantage to cooling that you possibly could have. So, yeah. What are you wearing? And then also, let's start to get into the conversation about the smell.
2: We'll get
3: into the smell.
0: Okay, That's we'll get into the smell. Part. Let's do the let's, let's do the let's wear. Okay. The yeah. All right, clothing,
3: man. The reason why the smell's bad is because of what people wear sometimes in the suit. I got to be honest. Oh, yeah. Some people drop down bare boxers, Ooh. no undershirt, no shorts. Um, That's kind of nasty. And that's just kind of the residue of what we're going to be hanging out in. The, the residue.
0: residue. The residue. So,
3: we're just throwing that out there. For me personally, I like, my idea thing is, I went to Walmart, I bought some Russell dry fit shirts, super cheap, so I can throw them away whenever they get smelling bad. It's dry fit shirts, Dropped it short. Um, It's not going to keep you dry. You're going to absorb it all. You're going to be stoked when you get out. But I like that because when you get out of the suit and the wind hits, the wet shirt, athletic feeling, it's the most refreshing feeling in the world. So for the punishment, there is, again, there's some good news on the end. When you take the suit off, you're going to feel like a million bucks. But in it, you're going to feel about as worthless as a penny. Uh, <laughs> on side of the street. So that, that's that's kind of what you wear. I would suggest most people just wear shorts and uh, and a T-shirt. I've had to throw on uh, the suit before out of Rush and Panic in jeans.
2: Oh, I do my not recommend, it. Oh my I recommend
3: jeans. I don't recommend long-sleeve shirts. Um, I don't recommend getting in there with just boxes on either because that's just disgusting, and some people on our team have issues. So
0: yeah. So you're going the you're going the the Nike you know uh the f- f- like dry fit shirt and shorts is what you're thinking. Oh yeah. Okay. And I would
3: wear some sleeves. I would I would wear like kind of like the quarter sleeves, not a not a cut off because. The belly case comes over the top, and it over the top of you, and it just kind of rubs with, rubs raw, so okay. make sure you wear some
0: <laughs> That's good, too. Oh, it's so funny. Um, okay. Uh, let's see. What should you... Okay. Next question is... Yeah, I guess I was going to try to compare it to some of the elite suits and how we don't have that. We've already ranked that, so I'm just going to move past... That little subject, and I'm gonna get to our last topic here, and it is the smell. I think you're right. It it deserves to be the last thing that we discuss because you can't. um, Here's the thing about the suit. You have to breathe. Am I right? You have to breathe. There's no there's no oxygen intake inside the suit. Correct. I I mean yeah, in life you have
3: to breathe because if you don't. Exactly. Very good
0: point. So because you're required to breathe in this planet we call earth the smell is what I find to be the most hindering aspect of the suit could you could you try to describe the smell to us in some way
3: well we'll just we'll just start off the conversation but I, I think I could write a book I okay. think I could to literally write a book with multiple chapters about the smell
0: it's so good uh, Yeah.
3: I come home just to preface this I come home and after a day on the job at the school with the suit my wife immediately says, take clothes, put them in the, put them in the hamper.
0: Put them in the trash. You, the you <laughs> put, smell like you. Yeah, put them so, in the trash, throw them away, burn them. Yeah, yeah.
3: Throw them away, burn them, and then never bring them back. Yeah. So the smell, the, pardon my, my vocabulary, but it just smells like, it's like Uh, Let's be honest. <laughs> it smells, <laughs> it smells like worse than a butt. Like it's it is it is terrible. Like it I don't know, there's some terrible smells in this world and this thing just smells worse yes. than anything I've ever smelled. Um I can be nice and maybe try to get you a clean suit, but even in that yeah. we got that residue that I've been talking about, it's been cooking up and then sorting up. These suits probably go, you know, they've been around five, six, seven years. So you just you know, you just pack that stuff deep down in this forty pounds of fur. And it doesn't matter how clean that suit is, it's not clean. Yeah. Um, yeah. So so the smell, it just reeks. It, it's sour. Yeah. And it, there, seriously, I, I think I'd rather walk into a bathroom while someone's taking a dump <laughs> than hang out in this suit and run around in it. So that is, that is the downfall of the job, you know. When I when I do this, this, these math counting gigs, I just think about, man, I'm going to make a hundred dollars after this forty five minutes. Right. And right. Allie's going to eat. You know, my wife. She's going to yeah. eat, so I can do this. But here's what here's the thing: the loser of this league isn't getting paid. So you don't have that. You don't have that grind. You don't right. have that grind or that year to go into that I do to really, you know, have something to care about. You're just going to be hanging out in the dump and just soaking in it and smelling it whether whether you like it or not so yeah. that that's kind of the the preface of what what the suit smells like i mean it's kind of like one of those things you know like whenever you try to like describe god and <laughs> you're like oh there's, there's just not words to, to describe
2: god.
3: yeah how good he is and yeah. on the complete opposite end there's just not words to describe how terrible of a smell this suit has yeah,
0: so we'll just, we'll just leave it at that this is related
2: guy to, a, to a green mascot named uh, named
3: Jiggy who's an alien but yeah, um, but yeah man that's, that's my uh, expertise on that's the smell and I don't know how we can get rid of it so yeah. we're probably just going to be
0: hanging out I think you're right. I think that there is, yeah, it's just something that you're going to have to embrace. Uh, I definitely, I've, I've thought about it long and hard. I think it's a it's a mildewy kind of sweaty smell. You just got to deal with it. I think you're right. I think it's absolutely terrible. Um, obviously, you get used to it within the first, I think like maybe 10, 15 minutes in the suit. Uh, so probably the whole entire mile that you're gonna be running, you'll probably just be actually still aware of how bad it smells. You're not gonna get used to it. You're just gonna smell it. it's just gonna be terrible. So Yeah, yeah. yeah. Really, really excited so my advice, for yeah. I'm going
3: to give up some free advice here. Free advice for the loser of of the of the leak. Yeah. And I go are we doing are we doing two losers?
0: Honestly, I don't know. I don't I can't remember. So for all the pod people, just go through the group me and try to figure out what the conclusion was. But I guess it was like Two losers, one for the tournament, one for the regular season, and both of them race. My recommendation would be that they race in like a, a sprint, like maybe a 200-meter race, and then the loser has to run the mile. I don't know what our conclusion was, though. Yeah, that
3: that is just asking for somebody to die whoever loses. But yeah. here's my piece of advice anyway. Um, If you're running
2: a mile, this is a freebie, free of charge. Yeah, pro bono.
3: If you ever read the story, Taurus and the Hair, great. If not, you need to go go buy it, childhood book and read it. My advice to whoever gets in the suit if you've never got in it, for your own health and your well-being, slow and steady will win the race. So if you're racing against somebody else in this mascot suit, your tendency is gonna want to take off and get that lead. But my word of advice for all for for everybody is just get a good take. You get a good, nice, soft pace because yeah, it's solid. When you hit the half mile and you're just kinda trying to knock those little the little things off from point five, point six, point seven, point eight, to get all the way up to that mile, it's gonna start wearing on you. Yeah. So that's that's the free the free advice that I'm gonna give out. Man. Don't know if I needed to do that or not, but I'm just trying to be a little
0: no, naked person that. here. I think that's uh, I think that's an astute observation from someone with as much skill as you have in the game. Uh I wanted to ask if we're going to have two people. Uh, obviously, we have two Jiggies. Like, that's a thing. But you mentioned a clown suit. Is that still on the table for, for, for use? <laughs> All
3: right. So, didn't know we are bringing him into the top. Uh, I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know. This a clown. He's, he's pedophilish. Uh, <laughs> you, you can't take this thing out downtown on, like, a main street corner because somebody will shoot you. Um, <laughs> that's scary. Like, it's the thing that you would see in a movie that pops up out of a corner that's got, like, a bomb strapped to it, and it's trying to blow something up. This clown is hideous. It's it's purple. The breeze hole is a half of an inch, all right? Oh, oh. And
2: it's
3: got two big buck teeth. It's got bright green hair that goes up in a mohawk. And it's missing one eyeball. And its uh, <laughs> feet look like horse And uh, it, it's got the belly. It's it's literally been sitting in a closet for over 10 years. It was our <laughs> first mascot. So it smells real nice. Yeah. Um, and his name is Ziggy, which is Ziggy's cousin. Can't make that up. This is real. His name is Ziggy. And he was the first mascot for Remix whenever... Matt didn't have a mascot, he got it for free. So that kind of describes the condition of, of him. He was a he was a freebie. Um, if we're looking okay, if we're okay with two and we are looking for a worse punishment. Yes. I can promise this entirely whoever gets the we will have a way worse experience than whoever gets in jiggy. I can guarantee it and bet my life on it.
0: Oh, man, that's I'll just so leave good. it at
3: that and maybe we maybe we throw the poll. Maybe
0: we don't. Um, that's so funny. But yeah,
2: I don't
3: know. That's, 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 so my, that's funny. my
2: thoughts
0: on the clown. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I love that. That's so great. All right, that is that is all that we have for the mascot discussion. Uh, Luke, man, I, I love you. I thank you for your time here sharing your expertise with us. Um, while you've got all the ears to the to the podsters, what uh, do you, do you have anything you like to tell them? Whether it's Jiggy related whether it's fantasy football related whether it's personally related do you have anything you'd like to tell them? Um,
3: last last piece of advice I know that Ben's probably already gone on like two and a half hours of this podcast so <laughs> you're definitely checked out if he's putting this mascotting portion at the end but it's okay yeah, my, my piece of advice is this today has been a day it's been actually a 16 hour work day for me I am currently wearing the mascot shirt face the, the face of Jiggy on my shirt just got in from work. It was in Pike County, which there's nothing good in Pike County at yeah. all, ever.
0: So I don't ever the, go there. I think the Cook could contest. Yeah. And
3: I found myself on a phone and 9 o'clock where I had to wake up at 4 o'clock to do a fantasy football podcast.
2: Yeah, And yeah. if you
3: were to ask me for all 24 years of my life if I'd ever do that, I would say there's no way. But I think what we have going here with this group of people, wow. this community, yeah. them, and all yeah. the content that's been out, and the effort... Is there's no place I'd rather be than right here on this phone wow. with CP talking
0: amazing. to all
3: of our fantasy football people Woo. about the content of being a mascot. And so I'm glad that for these two and a half years of just misery and pain, I can do something useful with it, <laughs> you know, like putting on this Spotify podcast, because obviously this podcast is going to change the world.
2: Yeah,
3: all uh, right. But that's not advice. It's a 16-hour day, and I'm glad to be here. I really do love everyone in this group. Um, I know that's so kind of me to say, and I am—I'm going to say it. I'm—I'm I'm feeling really good this year about my football team. Right. Not because so. I you not know anything about football. You guys already know that, even though some people have sent me some trades that are pretty ridiculous out there that nice. I'm not going to accept. Um, but I feel good about my team. I went from 0 and like
0: we, we were just talking year, about it. Yeah. 1
3: 15 last year to yeah. to 3 and 2. And so, it, it's good to be on this side of the fence right now, yeah. on the winning side. And regardless of what happens the rest of this year, I, I'm counting myself a winner. Yeah. So, there's there's, there's, uh, there's lots to love about Lutz. That was the name last year. Um, and and then, the last thing is you've called me, Luke, the whole time. But my name is Mike Warford. Yeah. just want to repeat that. Continue to call me Mike Warford for the rest of this year. Luke's gotten old the last 24 or so.
0: This year, we're going to change stuff. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Well, we appreciate your time, Like Warford. Again, uh, if you if you want to get in the suit, feel free to call Like whenever you'd like. He he would love to uh, – well, call Like whenever you Luke because he would really appreciate your time in the suit. Like, I love you, and uh, and I'll, I'll uh, talk to you soon. I'm going to hang up on this phone and conclude our podcast at the same time, if that's okay with you.
2: Uh, Luke,
0: you too, buddy. Luke, you too. Luke, you too. See you, bud.